Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and other things. So let's get started. Hello, Leia. How? Hello. How's your week been this week? Uh, it's been busy. I, I More feel busy like, than normal? I feel like the kids are now just overscheduled, so... I'm doing a lot of running around. Uh huh. They're in uh, too many activities, mm-hmm. and every time they want to learn something, they're like, "Can I take? Can I take a class for that?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's their uh, shortcut to knowledge. Is mom will just get a class for us? <laughs> well, okay. So I've been taking this pottery class. Yes. Which is, I've decided that's that's going to be my retirement career. So I'm going to build up. All of my skills now, so mm-hmm. that by the, by the time I retire, I'm going to be doing pottery shows. Pottery? What is a pottery show? It's like where you go and you show off your pots. Like the <laughs> like, hamvention of pottery? Yes. Oh, okay. Like you're physically going to go somewhere to I'm do gonna, this. I'm going to ray-dun myself. Okay. You'll see just... The most replicas things. of my things. <laughs> Women freaking out and raiding TJ Maxx's. I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. Right. Ray Dunn has just demolished that whole. <laughs> that particular business model is done. I was trying to figure out a way to integrate pottery with ham radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can right. make ceramic insulators. What are ceramic insulators? They're like uh, cylinders. Mm-hmm. But they're just, you know, maybe I'm a couple really inches tall. I'm really good at making cylinders. And they've got <laughs> kind of like two oblong holes on each side. And we use it to isolate the wire from the cord that we're hoisting uh, an antenna up. And you use ceramics for that? That seems like mm-hmm. a very fragile... <laughs> sometimes porcelain. A lot of people use plastic now. But sometimes it's good because it's high heat resistant. Oh, will you send me a picture and I'll see if I can make like... Oh, yeah, you'd be able to make... 50 of them? Oh, yeah, you'd be able to knock them out like no problem. <laughs> They're they're probably very well. They they're tapered on each end though, so they kind of get okay, just fat in the what middle. What is it called? Ceramic insulator. Ceramic uh, insulator. antenna ceramic insulator. You can just look this up right now. Antenna ceramic insulator. Insulator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. It's, oh. It's got like a screw pattern on it. What? No, they're just <laughs> oh, like a cylinder with two holes on each end. With a hole in each end. What's happening? That's a, this looks like it's got a screw in the middle, which, I mean, that's doable, too. What? But I could, yeah, I could definitely make these. Just the ones that are like little cylinders. You know All what I'm, right. This thing? Right here. Can you see this? Right there. Okay. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can. I can throw a bunch of those. Okay. I mean, maybe. <laughs> well... <laughs> you got a whole got a whole retirement planned on this, this venture, so pretty good. On these on these insulators. <laughs> That's it. You're gonna take them to your, your pot go, show. I go for like two bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're gonna be really nicely glazed. <laughs> the most attention to glaze ever. I can I can glaze them in lots of different colors. Wow, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks everybody for clicking on the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. We like to start the podcast off with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today is me taking a little bit from Ham 
Nation, which we just kind of finished the episode of that, mm-hmm. we had somebody on. Um, he is a part of Skyworn. Oh. And one of the links, which is shared on the video. Is that like a bat signal? Well, we'll get, I'll get to it. <laughs> one of the links that's shared in the show notes here, but also on the uh, Ham Nation episode, is a United States map, and you click on your state, and then it goes drills down to the county. And then that county is your local Skywarn representatives and where you can go for training. Oh. And there's online training. I understand that it takes anywhere from like an hour to two hours to get started with Skywarn. Now, obviously, this has utility in states that have hurricanes and tornadoes and all those interesting things. And basically what they what they kind of teach you is how to identify different types of clouds for ones that we should be. cloud tsunamis? Well, did he talk about cloud tsunamis? Stay with me. (laughs) I was going to make a joke about that, but then it became (laughs) real all of a sudden when we started talking more about it. I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Because cloud tsunamis are real. And we're not talking about oh, that okay. yet. Right. So obviously tornadoes and hurricanes and, and all that stuff has has all kinds of novelty because, you know, if you've got somebody with Skywarn capability and they can report that, hey, you know, I saw this I saw this particularly angry looking cloud um, over in this area, it, it gives forewarning to people, right? That that's kind of the main function of Skywarn. Mad cloud. Mad cloud. So I was I, I was, you know, thinking out loud during the episode, I'm like, well, you know, that's really cool and all, but um, you know, as someone that lives in California, we don't have a whole lot of that. And then it hit me as they continued to talk. No, this is actually also very helpful for people that live in flood areas. Mm. So if you see a, a large weather pattern coming in or you, whatever based off of this training, uh, know what's going to happen, at least in a relatively short term with a lot of rain, you could use this capability or technology or, you know, what not, technology is the wrong term. But this way of getting information out to, you know, warn others of a potential flood uh, danger, which we have a ton of flooding in California. That's true. Particularly after fires. So I said, yep, I, I'm going to go take this training. And that's something that, you know, you guys can all follow along with me whenever I get to it um, to, to kind of get a little bit more understanding and what this is all about. Because I thought it was kind of something that folks in the Midwest did. But nope, it's something that, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people should have this uh, skill Particularly if you travel around too, there's no reason why you shouldn't pack some of this information along with you. So that's the Ham Radio Minute. Check out the show notes and you'll see where to go. It's a cool website too. All right. Now bring the beer. No beer today. No. We have strawberry, orange, mango juice that Leia's still drinking on and I'm drinking water. Yeah. Trying something new today. We're going to be stone cold sober. <laughs> Not Steve Austin. Because <laughs> he drinks Bud Light. I have been Coors, continuing to watch the show that has convinced me that The Rock should be our president in 2032. <laughs> and they have now introduced Stone Cold Steve Austin uh-huh. because they have they have gone into the first WrestleMania. Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. I don't know if you understand this about The Rock, yes. but his father was a wrestler. A wrestler. Mm-hmm. And they were there for the beginning of Vince McMahon's WWF, yeah. right? Right. WWE. Before they had to go to WWE, yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, it kind of goes through the beginning and arguably mm-hmm. The Rock's mom is supposedly responsible for bringing the soap opera drama that happened out of the ring. Really? Into... I mean, that's the way the show tells it. Oh, okay, okay. Well. 
Uh, but I believe The Rock. Sure. I mean, yeah. he's very trustworthy. And he that's so presidential. That's why he's kind of being the president. <laughs> just straight up. It, stranger things have happened. I might just write him in for the next election. <laughs> just... He's not even fighting on running. It's that or Yeezy, right? Is that those are my only write-in options? I that's from what I understand. Uh, no, not easy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Well, join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. I yes, got it this week. You for did. the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and future hams. And we appreciate it. We would normally read the reviews right now, but there is no Oh man! So, two that's, weeks in a row—that's skunking not right there. Qualifying Yikes. as Leia. Uh, the, the only way Leia believes the podcast is good is if there's a, re, a review to it's read. Right. So Leia's um, just gotta pick <laughs> it up, Leia. You gotta do better next week, or you gotta do better on the rest of this week, I guess. The rest of this week. All right. The rest of this week. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man or beast, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Indeed. So funny story about bees. My parents most definitely have a well-established beehive in their chimney uh, yeah multiple times they've had this oh it's it's the same beehive it's the same hive okay <laughs> but my mom is a buddhist a so legacy she won't of bees. kill the bees right and she's afraid that if she goes to like have somebody humanely remove them while preserving the hive that they're going to have to just demolish a massive section of the house Probably. to do it yeah <laughs> right and so every time you go over there now there's a bee in the house in the house <laughs> yes and then my and mom you've never been stung i believe you told me never my dad has now been repeatedly stung <laughs> living like in his house, in the house i would be so mad and then so my mom you will see her with an insect net catching the bee and then releasing it outside to go back into the chimney to come back in the house you gotta, you gotta how are they getting in do they not have a flu they they do the whole thing stopped yeah but the bees have found a way i'm assuming there's a, a gap big enough for a, a singular bee who is curious about the inside of the house Wow. It could actually just be the same bee over and over again. <laughs> he's the tunneler. He's the, there's the one they send in. That's a, He's actually the Jerry Seinfeld bee. He he's been trying to talk to you guys. And he just keeps <laughs> getting netted. He just, he just wants you to know about that your extended car warranty is going to expire. So, I've been trying to reach you. <laughs> I can't do Jerry Seinfeld. So, uh, so tenacious, that bee. But he's lucky mm-hmm. because uh, other other people would have hung up on him. You know? Yeah, <laughs> other people would have put him on their do not call list. Yes, <laughs> bite squishing. That's right. <laughs> All right, this week's preparedness. Oh, I thought this was going to tie in somehow. Okay, 
No. Total non sequitur. Beekeeping <laughs> in your chimney. <laughs> I, since we are, um, they, she must have the best honey in her chimney. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, probably not, because there's all kinds of soot and stuff in there. They never used their chimney. Oh, okay, okay. I will mention since you brought up bees, I found out an interesting factoid. That the they EpiPen. die after they sting someone. No, I knew that. That's mm. not interesting. Mm. Everybody knows that. Mm. The EpiPen has a expiration date, right? Okay. You familiar with this concept and like $600 to replace? Yes. I think they have like a year to two year max expiration date. I mean, unless date. you're in Canada. Oh, right, right. <laughs> but uh, funny enough, the manufacturer says they still work after the expiration date. They're just less effective. Sure. So even if you have an expired EpiPen you and can someone still is in some kind of shock, yeah. still oh, I was give gonna, them the pen. I was going to say, you can still use it right before your workout. Right. It's going to be fine. You, you can still use it just for <laughs> recreational, recreational <laughs> EpiPen usage, as we all do. <laughs> little little pep in your step to get out of bed in the morning. Ah! Or, you know what? Uh, just shoot your neighbor with one. Oh, what? Shoot your significant other. Give them a little encouragement to get out of bed in the morning wait are you sleeping with your neighbor no, I mean, <laughs> you're significantly other in bed oh, your, your neighbor bed in bed neighbor. you sneak over to your neighbor's house get a bee get in bed with them get a bee have them go through the chimney they know how to do this these are all the first thing you do <laughs> right, 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 right that's right well i thought that's what we were working up to it's like so i got these uh i've got a lineage colony of bees i've been working with them a really long time they're skilled in the arts of, of chimney sweeping. <laughs> so we got an inn. Any house with a chimney. They can do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> My mom's been so kind to them. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So this week's preparedness corner. This is actually hot. It just dropped uh, 12 hours ago. Whoa. The Iowa Department of Corrections hosts an emergency preparedness exercise. I know. I know what you're thinking. Uh, okay. <laughs> Who is getting prepared and for what? To and keep I'm having, the prisoners from getting out. I'm having real Walking Dead flashbacks here. <laughs> like the how governor that, shows up. How did that series end? Is it still going? Yeah. Wow. Like a lot of folks are dead. We're very behind. Coral's I, gone. Spoiler alert. I stopped watching when there was no more Glenn. Yeah, I was literally so you never saw only watching for the Asian guy. You n- <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah, it's like how dare you? Did you kill off the how, Asian in this post-apocalyptic world? How dare <laughs> you allow? How dare your token Asian? The, the zombies <laughs> make the situation where the Asians would be oppressed. <laughs> He was in so many seasons <laughs> and one of the most beloved characters. I, I know. Like, obviously. Um, so you didn't see the whole thing with, like, Negan actually falling, right? No, no. I mean, to me, once Glenn was gone, Negan won. Well, I mean, that was, like, yeah. his introduction into <laughs> yeah, the show. that was, was it. <laughs> was the Glenn happening. That, that... Now it's the Negan show. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I like that actor a lot. 
<laughs> you know this, right, about me? That actor is yeah, like the one, one of my that's favorites. on Supernatural. He's the dad in Supernatural, mm-hmm. like half of one season, and he's gone. And then I'm like, but and he really I've, stuck with you. And I've never watched the show after that. It was that Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> man, Negan, <laughs> you, you're just dad on Supernatural. <laughs> you're the man. <laughs> Just check it in. You're See you in six months. <laughs> you are my dad's paration. <laughs> when he kept my kid, I want to abuse my children into believing the occult. Uh, sir, that's a. Uh, I'm just I made acting. sure that they always have a bag of salt with them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, for seasoning, but right. also for you know. This solves two problems. <laughs> The lack of seasoning in all food videos on TikTok. Yes. And, and spicy ghosts. And demons. <laughs> spicy ghosts. Spicy ghosts. Well, it's an right. infused salt, of course. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, this week, the Iowa Department of Corrections hosts its annual three-day emergency preparedness exercise at the Clorinda Correctional Facility. All nine correctional institutes throughout the state send over their Correctional Emergency Response Teams, or CERT, K-9, and Correctional Negotiation Teams, Mm -hmm. or CNT, for scenarios in hostage-taking, disturbance control, and escape. So, and I understand we're... (laughs) And they let a couple prisoners out (laughs) to test them. So you're thinking, I don't work in a prison. <laughs> this is not a good tip for me. <laughs> right? But that's where you're wrong. Okay. I was going to say, how does this all come back around to something that the it's public helpful. should know right, about? Right. <laughs> because it occurs to me mm-hmm. that a lot of people get super prepared mm-hmm. by stockpiling, getting their... Uh, their pace plans in order. Mm-hmm. They uh, practice whatever types of weapons or hunting tools they will use uh, in in case of an emergency. But if The Walking Dead has taught us anything, mm-hmm. it is he or she who can manage the most catastrophic and high stress of negotiation situations. Mm-hmm. And trust development situations mm-hmm. that will survive. Well, that and um, having a Daryl. Okay, <laughs> and I mean, and that, a Cheryl. Which one was Cheryl? She was the short-haired lady that really did the like devastating things. Oh, so we're going back to Murder. Yeah, <laughs> she like saved the the group multiple times i mean i think you're really underestimating right now Mm -hmm. glenn's wife maggie and her powers of persuasion she was the she's like the politician right and also rick Rick he's the crazy person right (laughs) i mean before he was the crazy person he was actually a very good leader also morgan i mean there's a there's a no morgan was the most craziest person yeah but also very good with people is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, People are okay. R- really into trusting Morgan, right? Glenn, Maggie, later Rick, and even not Cheryl. Is that who was the short-haired woman? Cheryl. The, her name's not Cheryl. 
What? No. Is it? I feel like I would have remembered that. It's Carol. I was wrong. It's Carol. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Carol. She's my, my favorite character. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. But so I kind of want everybody to take a second and take stock of how good they are at building, like, trust building with people that they have just met. Okay. Right? And, I mean, because you can obviously come off as the person who has all the weapons, right? <laughs> right. And yeah. so yes. lead with fear, but then that's Negan. Right. right? Or the governor. Right. Or you can be like the guy who had the tiger pet. Right. What was his name? Ezekiel. Was it, was it Ezekiel? Yeah. Well, anyways, my my point is that it's it's going to be extremely important to be somebody who is a trustworthy leader or trustworthy team member. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are interpersonal skills that you can use for preparedness, but also will help you succeed in life. Interesting. So, so you're, you're not necessarily saying, like, go to this corrections training thing. Yeah, crash. Just randomly correct, show just up. show up, mm-hmm. see what they do, and learn. <laughs> I'm just just uh, auditing. <laughs> right. Just auditing the, the correctional preparedness uh, training event. Well, because if you think about, like, hostage negotiation, disturbance control, all of those things, mm-hmm. a, a lot of that actually just has to do with getting – and parents know this very well, right? You deal with somebody who is like having a, essentially a tantrum mm-hmm. and you've got to get them to calm down enough mm-hmm. to understand reason. Right. 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 And then they have to trust that you are not going to do something terrible mm-hmm. so that they can calm down. It's like psychology and diffusing and yeah. all those things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's this week's preparedness so you, corner. The cor- Build the, the soft skills. Yeah, the, the preparedness corner isn't so much crash the correctional people's party. This is. I mean, at your own. <laughs> I brought own my peril, radio. I guess. <laughs> I'm here. I'm the radio guy. Oh, okay. You know, radio there should guy. be a net for that. A net. Right. For what? Where like you just get like a hostage scenario, and net control just acts like a crazy like hostage keeper. <laughs> And then everybody on the net takes turns trying to negotiate the guy to like the net controller to give. I mean, this someone be- will call that in. <laughs> someone, but then everybody every ten minutes has to give their call sign. So. I swear, I'll kill him. <laughs> this is uh, KI six NAZ for for ID. Returning back to raving mad individual. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, this is, this goes back to that whole ham radio dinner theater idea you came up with. <laughs> I'm just it's trying. like a murder mystery net. <laughs> Remember? Well, somebody on the net did it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's really what all the political ramblings on 80 meters is, is missing. missing. <laughs> it's a little bit of like dinner theater. They need a little bit more murder mystery. Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine rolling into like one of those? By the way, these nets are like three guys and they're just like yelling back and forth at each other about like politics and stuff. And you're like, I believe she was storing almonds to make cyanide. And that is what killed him betwixt 
<laughs> the Eve. And somebody else is like, peanuts in a Reese's cup. And that was a peanut allergy. <laughs> right, right, right. Mistake. <laughs> in the conservatory, I have erected a dipole. <laughs> I only use boat anchors, and someone reversed the power lead, electrifying the chassis. And when he keyed up, it sent 100 volts of electricity into his pacemaker and killed him. So it's that. But then you need like the Foley guy, and then he comes in with the lightning crash, like. <laughs> So what you're saying is that our murder mystery idea has just turned into like 101 ways to kill someone with an antenna. Yeah, or radio. <laughs> In that case, it was the radio. But yeah, that that could, you know, hey, sure. Yeah. And then you got to negotiate. <laughs> it's, it's quite like a, a planned out event. Like you have to send out little cards yes. to everybody for the character they're playing. Yes. Or, I mean, Discord messages, I guess. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean... I mean <laughs> Sure. You have to fax them. Win link email is the only way you can yes. distribute your characters. So you, you have to send out your characters. It's like, well, this is a, uh, where are we doing this net? Oh, it's on 80 meters. Uh, okay. So I'm playing the role as the 52nd OM. <laughs> All right. So that's a preparedness corner. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now we have entered the email correspondence tower. You can email us at leia at hamtactical.com. Send us your emails. Tell us about your ham journey. Do you have any ham-related questions? Yeah. We want to answer them. We want to hear you out and try and do our best to help you. And a couple of times have happened where we take their question, make a video out of it, do something along those lines. But I do have a video series now on helping people out with beginner questions or, you know, pretty much any question. So long as I can do, you know, a five to 15 minute video on it, you can email me at josh at hamtactical.com on that. <laughs> Nothing that goes to that email is getting read on the podcast. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't send me an email there if you want it read on the podcast. You can also send us your merch ideas, which we make merch. Leia makes it mainly, and it goes on hamtactical.com. We appreciate you for your merch ideas because if we make them and we like, well, we have to like them first. If we like them and we make them, we'll send you one for <laughs> free. Make it, and then we don't like it. We do a. a <laughs> what do they call those when you're walking through the mall and you're like, uh, can I borrow? three to five hours of your time to do a survey right now we'll oh. pay you fifty dollars oh that's like a a timeshare person no no you, you never did any of those you Why never got stopped? i ever do that that sounds horrible i i got stopped a couple of times you get i got like free hot wheels and some like hot toys wheels? and stuff yeah like as a kid like literally they were surveying children serving no it's like surveying a, surveying yeah i don't know what they call that I don't know. It's got a better name than that. But yeah, no, they would they would say they would put out these cars. I remember the Hot Wheel one and they'd shit like, well, which Hot Wheel would you like the most? And which what do you look for when you get a Hot Wheel? And I'm like, six <laughs> Hot Wheels. I look for wheels <laughs> that are hot. 
And I think the ones I like them to have four wheels. <laughs> I think the ones they were showing me were like color change ones that if you put it in cold Ooh. water, it changed colors. So that was a big one. And it went along with the the car wash. <gasps> I remember this mm-hmm. set. That was the coolest Hot Wheels set ever. Do they still make that? I think they might. It's it's I, pretty I iconic. Have, I have purged all of the Hot Wheels from the house. Uh, all of my Hot Wheels is what you're saying. Um, this is just a really awkward conversation. Wow, now. this is <laughs> more of my toys. Just get but I got but uh, we had all, we had all of those um, clover leaf engine thingies. You know the things that would spin. You'd set up the clover leaf. Oh, the then, Hot Wheel track. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we had like two of those, and we would link them together. Yeah. And it would be the best. And it's just the cacophony of noise that those things put out is pretty impressive. Yes. All gone. All gone. All gone. Well, well, that's how you email us. Leia at hamtactical.com. <laughs> All right, Leia, what's our first email? Well, yeah, we actually have a voicemail. And the oh, voicemail oh, that's number right. voicemail. is 562-334-2389. That's yet another way you can reach us. So many ways. Mm-hmm. If you haven't reached us already, what's stopping you? <laughs> The pneumatic tubes that we've <laughs> promised. Oh, close. Connect. Nope. Okay. Come on, come. Hey, Leia and Josh, this is Toby, KT0BEG. Hey, Toby. I was just listening to the most recent podcast, and about one hour and one minute in, Josh was talking about the journey into ham radio and how MCOM isn't always the journey that brings people or the thing that brings people into radio. And he said there isn't a path, which got me thinking about a web, which, of course, brought me to Charlotte's Web and some pig. So my merch idea (laughs) is design a shirt and on the front in Charlotte's Web style, instead of it saying some pig, just let it say some ham. And maybe you could throw the HRCP logo on the uh, on the wood post in the corner or something like that. Just do a whole literary line. Uh, Thank you for everything. I'm going to try to write in this week, but no promises. Thank you, seventy three from KT zero BEG. Damn it, Toby. (laughs) (laughs) Toby's such a good sport. Thank you, Toby. (laughs) It's, It's because my dog. No, it's named Toby. So it's always the name I go to of like animals that are doing something inappropriate. So I, I like the idea, but like it, it can't it can't dip too hard into copying Charlotte's Web. I mean, obviously you've, you've I got... think it, Charlotte's Web's probably out of copyright now. You think so? Oh, okay, then that's fine. Because there's a a classics thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where so would you would you include the pig? Or would it just I mean, be the, the pig's post? Name is Wilbur. Right, but okay. would would it just be the post and the 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 web that said some ham, and then had like the logo carved into it? I'm not I'm not really sure on the logistics right now. Mm-hmm. All I know is that I wanted Ben to read Charlotte's Web, and he started to, and then I told him about how as a kid, every time I wanted to cry, I would just read Charlotte's Web. Yeah, that's not a good thing to tell. A kid. <laughs> Then I don't think he finished. <laughs> no. I also I don't know that that's necessarily thing like a boy does. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Well, I'm just gonna go home and play Mega Man too. How about you? Uh, I'm gonna go home and cry. 
You never watched like sad Thai commercials to cry? Sad Thai commercials? Yeah, Thai commercials are a journey. What is a Thai commercial? Like commercials from Thailand. Oh, oh, oh. I, I was literally thinking to myself like a necktie. I'm like, <laughs> no. what? No. Filipinos have that too. Oh, very moving. It's just, you know, a lot of commercials in Asia just like pull at your heart Those Jollibee commercials. You remember those? It just make you feel that like Asian guilt. That oh, that's, you know, so yeah, I, I, I feel that. Ooh, that's just from my upbringing. The filial duty. <laughs> just. <laughs> Not really. I don't feel that. So rewarding. Oh, when, no. When no, I don't. When you from that. I just, don't. I mean, I'm sure there's so there's cathartic. guys that do that, but like it was definitely not a part of my upbringing. Is it because like you just you already cry enough without any commercial stimulus? <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. I do remember growing up, though, like my mom and a lot of her friends and the moms were all reading those like chicken soup for the soul books. Oh, yeah. I remember that. They're and, like short stories. But they're all just like sad. Yeah, it's like, oh man, really makes you value life. And <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like we're having kind of a weird. It's the same part of the brain, but it's happening with happening with like true crime. Oh, yeah, that flight or fight response. I don't know. It's just there's whatever it is. Maybe some part of the brain that that made those chicken soup book so popular with my mom mm -hmm. just you know, something you know, that really makes you sad but then like now and it is largely dominated by women is the people that watch these true crime absolutely dramas and and gabby petito and, Come oh on. my gosh and it's like they're vicious man oh yeah so as a kid i used to cry a lot and now as an adult i cry maybe once a year if that I, right. I can go years without crying. <laughs> it's like a desert out here. Yeah. Just, you just got it all out of you. It's true. It's all that Charlotte sweat. I'm, I'm very unemotional now. Because no, you know what? It's not going to be sadder than Charlotte's web. You can't hurt me anymore than Charlotte's web has hurt me. Oh, you know what actually was always very sad for me? And I watched it over and over again. The beginning of Land Before Time. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Just the beginning? That's just so sad. Would you stop it and then rewind it and watch it again? No, in the no, same no. city seating? No, no. I'd have like, to whoa. let it like kind of lose its uh like it's it would lose its impact if I did it that way. Just but now I just don't feel anything. <laughs> wow. This is dark, man. So there you go. Yikes. Uh, I gotta make the kids watch Land Before Time. That you know what's wrong. You, you should with probably sell today? it as being like about dinosaurs instead of right. the thing you would watch to cry. <laughs> but I think what kids are missing today, and one of the reasons they they just like don't value the joy that family brings, is mm -hmm. that they were not exposed to enough movies where the parents died. <laughs> you know what I mean. <sighs> Jeez. The the modern Disney movies just kind of gloss over it. I mean, Pixar movies are sad. Which ones? Like all the Toy Stories. Uh, but Toy that's Story just was toys. Not that's not that has nothing to do with your parents. Being... I mean, everything is anthropomorphized in in Disney, pretty much. I know, but it's not Pixar in particular. Up. Yeah, but that's also not the what about the that Scout's dad what or about mom that Bow movie that you cry about. Yeah, but nobody died in that. Okay. 
It was it was just not enough dead parents and also not enough poverty. Mm-hmm. It like kids are Fible. not. Exi- yeah, yeah. Right. Not enough quicksand either. I know. They really have to be more afraid of quicksand. <laughs> and just random abductions. Yeah. I mean. We grew up like fearing everyone. <laughs> like yeah. every adult was going to abduct you. Yeah. And sometimes. Stranger your, danger. Your parents would just like test you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get one of those? I do that with our kids. Oh Sometimes. Okay, well, there you go. You're bringing it back. Not, when they're not, like, following me closely enough, I quickly disappear <laughs> into a place where they can't see me, but I can still kind of see them. And then wait for the panic to set in. <laughs> and then, you know, they're really good at following me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They caught on to my games when I was using those, like, ninja smoke bombs. I would throw one <laughs> on the ground to distract them. That's that's not their fault, though. Huzzah! <laughs> Daddy, why do you have a grappling hook and a line? <laughs> that's our neighbor's house, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, so um, I really got to make some of that happen more. Okay. <laughs> Dead parents and poverty movies. Okay, okay. I actually think that's one of the things that made Ben so compassionate. Was that we went, um, there used to be a exhibit that would travel to different churches. It was mm-hmm. called the Compassion Project. Mm-hmm. And it would recreate like situations of like extreme poverty or hardship. Mm-hmm. And and it would take you through with an audio tour. Okay. Um, what these children were living through. Okay. Right. So um, the audio tour would have like you'd walk into a room and then you might hear like bombs in the background mm-hmm. because that child was growing up in a war torn country or something. Right, right, right. Like I get that. it. Yeah. And uh, and that stuck with Ben for like the longest time. He just had so much gratitude <laughs> for like the abundance of his life after that. And anxiety. I mean, a little bit, yeah. but. And and but he's also like one of the most compassionate kids. Like one year instead yeah, like, of okay, yeah, okay, okay. I'm just I'm just okay. Let's, things things that would help let's children. Let's go to the next email. The first email. <laughs> the first email. It's titled "Shocking." Okay. And this is from Douglas. I've been shocked a few times. Other than static shocks, I've mm-hmm. been held hostage by a performance automotive ignition system. What? Another, like need, an MSD ignition system? I need more explanation about this. But Douglas goes on to say, another time I was over at my parents' house and I had my trailer plugged into their house. My dad had unplugged it from my trailer. While talking with my mom, I was rolling up the extension cord that has two male ends. Well, there's your and, first problem. <laughs> and hit my chin with one end and got a big shock oh no oh no i don't know who was more scared by it me or my mom lesson make sure the extension cord is unplugged from the wall there's a a meme that i have on the the saturday show that says people are usually shocked to find out i'm a bad electrician (laughs) (laughs) or people are usually shocked when they find out i'm a bad electrician All right. I was reminded of these incidents with Vern's camping story. Oh, yeah. Glad he's okay. Yes, we are too. too. My middle name is Vern, 
with an E. Vern is my grandfather's name who, as a riding mechanic with Cliff Berger, placed third in the 1932 Indianapolis 500. Oh, is there a different way to spell Vern than V-E-R-N? V-E-R-N-E. Oh, but in, he said Vern with an E. At the end. But he didn't say at the end. He just said Vern with I an know, E. I know, but I'm reading it, you see. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. But like it, when you say it's spelled Vern with an E, like that's like Mark with a K. Well, duck. <laughs> Clark. <laughs> like it doesn't, there's always an E. Is there not, is there a V-Y-R-N? There's not, there's not always a K in Mark though. I, Leia, <laughs> that's the joke, Leia. But like, I don't. I've never not spelled Vern with an E in it. But an E at the end. Okay. And uh, Douglas has actually attached a picture oh, of his wow. dad who uh, placed third. In that the... is cool. 19, what is that? This 32? Is the coolest car. I mean. That is awesome. And I will drop this picture in the show notes. If I don't, you remind me, please. That's crazy how good quality that picture is. Seriously. Douglas signs off. Douglas, K-I-7-L-I-K. Thank you for sharing that with us, Thank Douglas. You. The next email is titled, Amish and Other Things. <laughs> yeah. We really I, I expect a lot of comments on the Amish because there was a lot of comments on the Discord about it. By the way, join yeah. us over on the Hammer to Crash Course Discord. Link is in the description. And uh, hop on down to the HRCC podcast chat. Okay. All right. This is from Chuck. Hi there. <laughs> this is your friend Chuck, the pharmacist. Uh, yes. Before I went to pharmacy school, I was a policeman in the worst neighborhood in Shreveport, Louisiana in the late 80s. We mm. did not have an explorer program that I remember. I've got stories, but I don't think I can compete with San Diego Explorer Dude. That is crazy that he did all that <laughs> as an explorer. Uh, honestly, uh, the only thing... He went undercover into other explorer groups. <laughs> Deep undercover. He was like... What is it? Internal affairs. He was. He was the one PP. Right. That's right. Jeez. It was really amazing. And I can only think that that means that San Diego had deep budget cuts. <laughs> the deepest <laughs> budget cuts. They really we're gonna, They were we're, about defunding the police we, way back in the eighties. We just gotta uh, get get in some explorers <laughs> to, to help this out. That's where the idea from Twenty One Jump Street came. <laughs> Maybe was that was that him? Was he Jump Street? <laughs> All right. To, I think we just it's based on a true story. Justice for Johnny Depp. Am I right? <laughs> you know what he needed? Some explorers. <laughs> yes, yes. Tell him what this Amber Heard stuff. <laughs> Did you see the clip where <laughs> Amber Heard's... Amber... My name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> where Amber Heard's attorney yeah. calls her by the wrong name. <laughs> 
caption on this video, mm -hmm. what I saw was like, Amber Heard's attorneys definitely weren't bought off wished. <laughs> <laughs> we have, your mom says, we have attorneys at home. <laughs> attorneys at home. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear about the Amish. Chuck continues, I grew up in northeast Ohio, about 15 miles from Pennsylvania, close to Amish country on both sides of the state line. Surrounded by Amish. This is something that I recently learned on the Discord, mm -hmm. that there are there's a large population of Amish in Ohio also. Sure. That are more preparedness minded. So there's like a preparedness off, right? <laughs> That's... They're more they're the off harder Amish is what you're saying. They're, they're more off grid <laughs> than the other Amish okay. across the state line. I don't think they could get more off grid. Uh, you could not have lights in your buggy. That's oh, like... so they're just <laughs> irresponsible. And... Good. You could like, power like your that. lights with like fireflies or something, I guess. <laughs> like that barn you built. Firefly. How many nails you use? I don't know about 1,200? <laughs> Five. <laughs> Five nails. <laughs> they build it pyramid style. <laughs> All right. I worked at my cousin's large restaurant and bar, and we had a country ban on Friday and Saturday nights where we had around 200 customers. Whoa. That's a big party. Yeah. Often around 1030 p.m., a handful of Amish girls would show up in their drap Amish dresses and brown paper bags. They would go into the restroom, put on makeup, and change into what I called their hoochie mama outfits. What? And party till around 1.30. Is then they like would wash Springer? off the makeup, put their dresses back on, and leave. I was around 16 at the time, but still remember it vividly. This would have been around 1978 or so. Well, that was not Rumspringa, because I don't think you need to... Oh, you don't need to hide it. Like right, they right, were... right. Rumspringa is about springing. You're supposed to go you're, out. You're spring the rum. Like just... That's it. Direct translation. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the David Letterman top 10 list. Literally yes. one of my most favorite things it was on Letterman. Sometimes <laughs> I would just night. stay up to watch that and Absolutely. then just go to bed. Yes. Yeah. But here are two that you will enjoy. Took me a while to find them online, but I remember watching them when they originally aired. The top 10 Amish spring break activities. <laughs> 10. Drink molasses till you heave. 9. Annual wet bonnet contest. <laughs> Eight, God. buttermilk keg parties. Oh. <laughs> Seven, blow past the Dairy Queen on a really bitchin' Clydesdale. <laughs> <laughs> Six, get born to raise barns tattooed on left thigh. Nice. Five, cruise streets of Fort Lauderdale shouting insults at people with zippers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect we'd be coming for the Amish. <laughs> I don't know that this is insulting to the Amish. Okay. Though. Okay. Four, add more peppers and onions to the recipe. 
Oh, I'm sorry. That was one of the top 10 omelette omelet spring <laughs> Three, sleep in until 5 a.m. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Two. She's reading ahead. Drive over to Mennonite country and kick some ass. <laughs> One, churning butter naked. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Two should have been one, obviously. <laughs> okay. Top 10 Amish pickup lines. No, 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 <laughs> yes. no, 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 no. Yes. No. Yeah, we have to do it. How many more of these are this there? Is, this is it. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> 10, are thee at barn raisings often? <laughs> Nine, if our religion didn't forbid the use of telephone, I would ask thee for thy number. Mm -hmm. Eight, can I buy thee a buttermilk colada? <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> Seven, you've really got the build for that plain bonnet and shameless, shapeless black dress. <laughs> Six, say, my favorite movie is Witness 2. <laughs> oh, no. Did you ever see Witness? No. You've never seen Witness? I don't, uh, yes, I have seen it. No, no, it's not a bad movie. No, it's I Harrison Harrison Ford is Totally seen it. Oh, yeah. You have you, mm -hmm. It's actually very good. Harrison Ford is in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's one of his good movies. Yeah. I like Harrison Ford in almost everything. How many Harrison Ford movies have you seen? Like Indiana Jones? Yes. And Star Wars, yes. And Star Wars. What else? And I think he was in something with Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> helpful all right five are thee a model four there are so many phonies at these quilting bees let's go someplace quiet <laughs> three they got buggy oh they buggy has a bitchin lacquer job thy it says they oh so two i got sinatra tickets <laughs> what i don't get that one one, are thee up for some plowing? <laughs> okay. 73-K-E-0-P-T-I. Uh, Thank you thank for you, digging deep in the Letterman archives for us. Thank you very much. And uh, sharing that glimpse into uh, Louisiana late 80s Amish culture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Appreciate it. The next email is titled... Hardline and or Heliacs. Okay. And this is from Don, the RF field tech. Oh, good. Actually, we in the quote unquote industry call it hardline, at least those of us that actually work on it. Do you know, do you remember what this is in reference to? I call it hardline. All right. I called it both things. <laughs> we use different types of cables as well. Mm -hmm. LMR 400 is usually used for out 6 and 10 gigahertz microwave. Mm -hmm. LMR 240 is for GPS and one half inch LDF for 50 ohm for jumpers to the one and five eighth inch coax going up the tower. 
I use the leftover Times Microwave LMR240 for my coax on all of my ham radio lines. Good stuff. I gave K-Murder about 200 feet of LMR400 in his quest to dethrone LMR as king. He's he's all up in that um, Messi and Poloni world right now. What is that? It's an Italian-made coax. Mm-hmm. That's like, he says it's the best. He's getting into fights with people online. Because it's Italian? No, just oh. the, the, <laughs> the the loss over distance is uh, advertised as less. And he's he's all about testing it. Because, I, yeah, I don't know why he doesn't. I, I'll have to ask him when I when I if I remember when I'm in Hambanjan with him. Like, what? What? How did the LMR 400 hurt you? <laughs> Show me where it hurt you. Show me on you. Mike. <laughs> like, what exactly? Because, I mean, physically, they're very similar. Yes. Right. So it's it's kind of like saying yes, like I know, but I'm taking your word. For yeah, it. of course. Yeah. Of course. Yes. All the LMR. <laughs> you go into the garage and sort the LMR 400. Yes. <laughs> Um, I, I, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not against either, either one really, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's fairly, he's fairly staunch in his uh, opinion. Right. Well, some clean jokes for you. Okay. Who was the worst lawbreaker in the Bible? I don't know. Moses. He broke all 10 commandments at once. <laughs> That's not true. All right. There was, there was 15 commandments. He threw one of the tablets at the idol. Okay. And that's why there are 10 commandments. All right. Because it was actually more. And he broke one of the tablets. Who was the best comedian in the Bible? No, I don't know. Samson. He brought the house down. <laughs> that's pretty good. Please don't ban me. 73, Don. The RF field test. <laughs> KE5 ADS. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, Don. For all of the clarification and good luck uh, converting uh, K-Murder, mm-hmm. you know. The next email is titled Telescopic Mast Tips. Okay. And this is from Kark. Hey! <laughs> hey, Adam. That's K6ARK for the uninitiated. Yes. The wizard. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Adam, I'm just going to have to say ahead of time. If your tip is to get to a soda and whittle your own telescopic mast, <laughs> I don't know. And the chair to sit gonna, I don't know if that's going to be as functional for everyone else. <laughs> Just saying. Right. right. Hi, Leah and Josh. Just wanted to throw in a hot tip to follow on last week's topic of masts. Don't throw out the thin tip sections of those cheap ultralight mm. poles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Instead, remove the bottom cap and extract the two thinnest sections. Mm -hmm. Pull the tip section out of the second section, coat it with some adhesive, and reinsert it to glue the thinnest section into the second section in the retracted position. Yes. This stiffens up the second section, now your tip section, and helps prevent breakage. So just one Fantastic of the, Just tip. one of the smartest people. Sm- that is just, a man who has done it, yeah. broke a couple of telescopic rods yeah. and went, there has to be a better way. There's always a better way with Adam. That's very good tip, Adam. Yes. Very good tip. I, I And please, <laughs> I, I'm sure everybody got this while, while listening to that, but, but take the sections out that you're gluing. <laughs> 
you don't want the <laughs> loose glue getting into the retracted elements. Like, take them all the way out. It's fine. Not going to hurt a damn thing. And then go ahead and glue them. And then sand them. Maybe sand them. Make sure it's totally dry. Look at you clean, also having tips. No, I, I just... <laughs> So, so that's that's for me doing dumb things with glue, not necessarily with telescopic rods, but not uh, taking part, taking things apart to to mm -hmm. do the proper job on it. So you fully remove them from both pieces that you're gluing, the gluer and the gluey. McCart continues, on some poles, you can also fold the short piece of cord at the tip and carefully tuck it back into the hole mm -hmm. to create a loop at the tip. Uh, yeah, glue might be involved in that too. Why not? Try it before applying the glue to figure <laughs> out how to make it work if mm -hmm. you plan to go that route. That's a good tip too. That's a hot tip. Next tip. So many tips. Yeah, it's good. Uh, leash the cap to the pole or you'll lose it. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> I drill a small hole in the cap, attach a piece of cord, and attach the cord to the biggest section of the pole. Yep. Very smart. Good stuff. Now, final tip. Mm. Get some large heat shrink and apply it to the base section of the pole to protect it from damage and give it extra grip when jamming it rocks as an alternative to guying it out. Mm -hmm. That's a POTA thing in particular. A lot of time you don't guy stuff up there because you can't really drive in stakes. Mm. So sometimes you just find a bunch of big rocks and just kind of jam it in there. So there you go. Love it. K6ARK hot tips on how to mod your telescopic mass for optimized performance. That is good stuff. God. Man, and Adam, if you haven't made a video on this, you need to make a video on this. Yes. <laughs> I will say for anybody who's trying to get their hands on heat shrink tubing, particularly the big stuff, ham radio swap meets. Mm. I There is a guy that has a like one of those 50-gallon uh, drums, mm -hmm. right? The whole thing, just full of heat shrink, just huge out uh, inner diameter heat shrink, just mm -hmm. big, big stuff. I've seen guys walking out with like two armfuls, like they're carrying a baby. It's just draped over them like they're carrying multicolored big fat pasta. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that at Hamvention. Excellent. And that's 73s from Adam, K6ARK. Mm. Thank you so much, Adam. Those are... Fantastic tips. Great tips. <clears throat> the next email is from Don the RF Tech. Mm -hmm. Once again, with more hardline info. Oh, okay. So the LDF4 50 ohm cable loss is, and this is a chart. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to read through the chart. Attenuation 100 feet at 150 megahertz is 0.815 dB. Attenuation 100 feet at 30 megahertz is 0.357 dB. Um, at 450 megahertz is 1.45 dB. <clears throat> at 1700 megahertz is 2.97 dB. 800 megahertz is 2.94 dB. 2 gigahertz is 3.25 dB. Five me uh, 50 megahertz is 0.463 dB. Thought you would like to know, I did not want to go into the 1 and 5 eighth hard line as it is a little overkill for ham radio. Probably, but that is uh, very good stuff. That's that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, that's 73 is from Don, the RF Field Tech, KE5 ADX. 
And we've got Doug back in the bee conversation. <laughs> okay. Back at the bees. I didn't know what the fleurs were <clears throat> in regard to bees. Did Leia mean flowers? And I'm too tired to realize it. Yes. I'm sending this email on Tuesday, today, the 10th, and didn't get it. But maybe one to 1.5 hours of sleep. I'm ordering the ARRL and fed half wave so that I can assemble it. Douglas, K-I-7-L-I-K. I'm thinking so. Yes. And if anybody didn't know, Doug actually has an amateur radio um, channel, I believe. And I will uh, link that in the show notes. Very good. Thank you so much. The next email is titled Joint Soda and Poda in Minnesota. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is from Mike Ham Solo. Okay. Hi, Leah and Josh. Ham Solo here with a follow up email to my voicemail about my dual soda and poda activation in Minnesota. Well, I don't have a voicemail about okay. this. Oh. So, and that is strange because I think Mike has told me before that voicemails haven't made it on. Um, but I don't, I don't actually have one from him. So, uh -oh. um, Mike, I'm a little concerned that you might be leaving voicemails on the, <laughs> at the wrong number. <laughs> And somebody is randomly getting ham radio reports. <laughs> but now you brought a new ham in. They, they got their license. <laughs> well done, Ham. This sounds <laughs> super interesting. <laughs> you you got him in. Well, work brings me out to the Minneapolis area, so I thought I would get in a little radio while here. I had just wrapped up a Mother's Day activation of the Alma Gray Mountain. Mm, <laughs> in, nailed it. <laughs> in and long like that too. That's, w zero. That's the traditional way you say it. <laughs> you have to say it as slowly as Alma Gra. <laughs> FR. 023 and K4404 Pike National Forest. That was a uh, that was pretty rough to go in about three miles in snow and ice up about 2100 feet to a summit of 12,367 feet and activate. It took about four hours to get up there. I bet. In the snow, you are at 12,000 feet. Yeah. Pro outdoorsman right there. Uh, it's that's that's top tier outdoorsing. That's <laughs> much easier today in Minnesota as I got to drive to the Frontenac <laughs> State Park. Yeah, and activate a little too fast actually. Uh, so <laughs> said too fast. K zero M S E zero zero three and the park K two four eight four from a picnic table did pretty good to running QRP single sideband ten watts on my new IC seven oh five with MFJ nine oh four manual tuner oh. and an MFJ one nine eight four MP and fed about five to six feet off the ground okay. I got 38 contacts coast to coast, including someone up in the Arctic Circle. Wow. That is. Done. Look at this map. 
Oh, I'll is that include a, my QSO map and an email. Look at Whoa, that. Look at yeah, that. That's distance. way up there. That's like up near Alaska, like the top of Alaska. Like literally up in the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Like the way north end of, of Canada, northwest that's, Canada. That's got to be a rare contact, right? Because I imagine not a lot of people. Not a lot living, of hams up there. Uh, like just people in general. No, that was actually a moose. Yeah. <laughs> He worked really hard to get his license. Well, setting up the dipole on the antlers was the tricky part. Yeah. <laughs> now he's moose mobile. He had, to, he had to ask his friend the squirrel. And the bees. <laughs> Only in the summertime. Though. Rocky the squirrel, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already posted the Mother's Day activation on my YouTube channel, Ham Solo, and here is the link to that video. I will drop that in the show notes. Nicely done. Should have this Minnesota one posted in the next day or two. Thanks for what y'all do. And 73, Mike, K-0-F-Y-R, Ham Solo. That's Mike, K-Fire. <laughs> I'm just going to call him K-Fire. I know good. you want to be Ham Solo, but I'm just going to call you K-Fire. K-Fire. <laughs> yeah that's awesome that that, ah i like those like you're you're doing good it's always you know it's always nice to kind of get coast to coast Mm -hmm. unless you're on the coast and it's always like i'll take anything that way (laughs) he literally went east coast west coast north coast (laughs) and then one hot dx those are always fun when you get like a wild dx well done i also so uh, somebody in China has figured out <laughs> what ham tactical is. Okay. <laughs> because now I just keep getting like, "Hi, uh, hello, dear from Ham Tactical. Hope you're doing good. Here uh, are all our antennas. <laughs> like just pictures of <laughs> antennas that they sell through. China. Are they even like ham radio antennas? Uh, well, let me show you. Okay. okay. Antenna, oh. Antennas, antennas. Look at that. Antennas, antennas, antennas. Yeah, that's antennas, like all antennas, antennas. great. They figured it out up there on on a this audio format show. That yeah. many pictures, <laughs> impressive. Do you want me to just buy one of each so that yeah, 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 and that'll get them to leave me alone, right? <laughs> that's 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 the first thing you do. I I, I feel like. Why are they sending it? Like, they just want to send, like, just have them send us some stuff or something. No, I think gonna... they, they want us to sell them on Hamtactical. Oh. <laughs> They've noticed <laughs> a lack of antennas. <laughs> I see. Let me, our antennas, let us show you them. <laughs> right. Got it. <laughs> the next email is titled HF Contact, and this is from Jake. This is not junior volunteer correspondent Jake. Okay. It's a different Jake. From Jake KI5QXJ. Okay. Greetings, Ham Radio Dynamic Duo. Well, thank thank you. you. Last weekend at the Baytown Ham Fest, I made my first contact on HF to Slovenia. Whoa, that's, that's a f- awesome. Hey, that's a great first There's one. There's some real rare contacts happening. Oh, yeah, it's because the solar cycle's up. They're literally. No, on have... that little QRP radio that I was fooling around yeah. with that's finally working? Mm-hmm. Uh, Poland. Just... Josh, why didn't you mention the solar cycle before? I've never mentioned it. I know. <laughs> I don't know like, why I'm why holding out. You, why didn't you tell everybody about Ugh, this? I know. I need a button. <laughs> I need a button to, to just talk about the solar cycle for five minutes. It's just... I feel like it's a really big deal. 
I feel like you're really excited about this, but you, like, or you should be, but you haven't talked about it very much. <laughs> I was so excited when he came back with his call sign, which I forgot because I'm writing this at work. I have officially been bitten by the HF bug. That's it. Also, while I was there, Jason Ham Radio 2.0 and Mike K8MRD showed up. Oh, at the Baytown Ham Fest. That's awesome. Yep. They were talking about that one. Uh, I thought that it was so cool that they came out to support the club and hang out. They are super nice guys. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. The nicest of guys. You're you're going to be seeing them in a couple days. Uh, yes. Wait, are you leaving tomorrow? No. When are you leaving? Tuesday. Oh, it's not this weekend. No. Oh, jeez. It's Tuesday and I'm taking a, I'm actually flying like a red eye. So I'm oh, going to so sleep on a whole plane. You're going to miss like half a week of work? I guess so. Yeah. Wow. Must be nice. Can be. Yeah. <laughs> My question today is, I have a Yesu FT2980 and would like to do Winlink. Mm-hmm. The only connection on the back of the radio is the external speaker out. Would a DigiRig setup work with this radio uh, to do Winlink? I can always use my Baofeng if this doesn't work. What's the what's the radio? It's a Yesu FT2980. Mmm. Rutro Jake. Um. Maybe. Yeah. I've got my fingers crossed for Jake right uh, now. Uh, yeah. So the problem is, I mean, he said it's got a speaker in and out, but... Oh yeah, there's not a lot on this thing. Hmm. You you think that the Baofeng would be better? Uh, in this case, it might be. Wow. Because take that, Yesu. There's no input other than the mic. Um, is there like a TNC you can do? If you go on, oh, you know what? The, okay, I can I can recommend this. Now I just googled Yesu FT uh, two nine eight zero TNC, mm-hmm. a TNC terminal node controller, and there is a video from the Tech Prepper, one of our friends out there, that has a video called the FT twenty nine eighty R two meter packet station. Now um, it wouldn't be that far off to get it set up for WinLink over packet radio. So you may want to consider there you go. that uh, approach. You likely can. Um, it looks like there is a TNC cable that will work, possibly. You're hitting me a little. Um, I don't know enough about this radio. So I would go have you look at the Tech Preppers video on this and see if it if it works for you. Yeah. Go All right. That. That's a great uh, suggestion. I hope so. Well... <laughs> Uh, Jake signing off. I always hear y'all talking about Texas and all of the friends y'all have here. Have you ever thought about moving to Texas? If you move here, Josh, you can put that big tower up that you were offered. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get my Give It The Beans coffee in the mail soon. Oh, great. 73. Hope you have a great weekend. You have uh, been Have moved. we thought about moving to Texas? You have been to Austin? I've been to Austin. I've been to Houston. Okay. Um, that's it. I've been to Austin and El Paso. Mm. And I we would not be moving to El Paso. 
Mm. I don't have any issues with Austin, but um, I don't think you're going to get Leia out of California. I just I don't I don't think you can do it. I mean, I'm sure at some point maybe, but I don't I don't. I, see it I literally have a circle of friends in the area and family that always say, "Man, California is getting really hard to live in," but I just can't leave. I just can't. <laughs> it's like an abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop taxing yourself. Stop taxing yourself. <laughs> Stop, stop infringing on yourself. Stop infringing on yourself. <laughs> Actually, what's crazy right now is uh, in L.A. County, we have a sheriff. I know. I have to get on it. Very, very pro-2A. I know. The most pro-2A This will be in If decades. you are in L.A. County and you have been thinking about getting a CCW, you know this the is the administration to try to get it under. Mm-hmm. And he, the sheriff is actually up for re-election right now. So literally, if he loses this election, your window has closed. I know. Yeah. So, you know, priorities, I, man. Well, you have to re-up it, too. So it's possible that whoever gets it later could then just cancel him. I don't think you... Got it. Okay. I don't, th- I don't think it's one of those things where it's like, ah, we gave it to you now. Close you the loophole. <laughs> you can't have it later. I wouldn't call it a loophole, but I'm sure somebody will say that in California. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of bad press coming out um, because obviously he's like a conservative sheriff. Right. Yes. So people are fighting him really hard in the media right now. So I would go and do that right now. That's my hot tip for L.A. County residents. Okay. 73s, hope you have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Jake, KI5QXJ. Much appreciated. Thank you, Jake. The next email. Oh, the, the next email is also from Jake. I'm sorry. It's titled Jegu G90. I mm-hmm. forgot to include this in my last email. I want to buy an HF radio as much as I would love to buy the IC7300. I just can't afford it right now. Okay. Would the Shegu G90 be a good starter HF base station radio, even though it's only 20 watts? Any uh, thoughts on this? Uh, so the, the short answer is yes. Uh, I, the problem is he threw in the term base station. Base station usually implies that it has a lot more features than the G90's packing. It's not devoid of features. It's just, it's not that feature rich. The advantage, though, is that it would be just as at home in your shack as it would be out in the field. It's also a good portable radio. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a bad option for a first HF radio. It's still one of my recommended options. Sure. On the on the more economic side. Excellent. Budget friendly. I hope I hope that answers your question, Jake. Signing off. Thank you for all the help. Y'all are the best. 73s. Yeah. Thank you, Jake. The next email is titled Making Ham Radio Great Again. Okay. And this is from Frank the Tank Radio. (laughs) How's it going, Frank? In response to the QRZ fun of this week, (laughs) I made the perfect QRZ video. It's a a short. I'll drop the link in the show notes. What happened on QRZ this week? Frank posted a video, and it was uh, uh, an interview, I believe he did, talking about how RF actually works, like how it's transmitted, how it's generated, and how it goes from your antenna to the mm-hmm. to the next person. Now, I don't think Frank really has a problem with me saying because I think he's mentioned it. So, Frank, I apologize if I wasn't supposed to say anything about this, but but Frank's ha- Frank has dyslexia, 
Mm-hmm. And um, there was a couple of words that he had not spelled correctly and a little out of place. Mm-hmm. And they just like dragged him on QRZ. Over That's that. always the way to make your point. Right. Right. Like it, you always prove how salient your own point is mm-hmm. by attacking someone else's spelling. Right. It, it was the same talking heads that come out and they raise the same arguments complaining about YouTube and YouTubers and people who do ham radio on YouTube. And it's. It's just so tired and cliche from all of them. Um, eventually, some other people jumped in, uh, other YouTubers, and the post got like locked. Mm. And it's it's this so, really weird like thing that there. It's the same. It's there's there's a couple in particular that are just totally obnoxious. But QRZ, mm-hmm. like the owners, want the YouTubers on their platform. They've said that, yeah. That because they, they want people posting to the news page. Right. And they put, the, they put the stories there. Those we are don't, hand, those are handpicked. Right. They We post to a forum that is mm-hmm. not on the main page. Right. And then admins put videos on the main page. Right. We don't touch it. We don't have any control of that. Right. Sometimes it makes it to the main page. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's always the same group of like three or four guys. And they just nitpick everything. And it's exhausting. Like, they are just the most exhausting people. I can't imagine they help anyone in the hobby. I'm Okay, that's a bit extreme. I'm sure they have helped some people. But they have definitely put more people off of the hobby than they've helped keep people in the hobby. Right, because they're For curmudgeoning. Sure. They're just... All they do is negative, negative, negative. Nothing is positive. Everything is always bad. And it's not just towards YouTubers. I've seen them on completely unrelated posts to YouTube, and they're just super negative all the time. Just exhausting people. Mm. I that, That's my two cents on them. Those are people who uh, don't have a good time on the HRCC Facebook page. <laughs> well, they don't last long. Yeah. <laughs> they get kicked out. They Well, or sometimes the positivity overwhelms them and they just have to leave they're like i'm being suffocated with sunshine (laughs) it burns (laughs) you're so trying to be helpful don't don't you know the only way to keep ham radio alive is to make people feel bad about every decision they've made and everything they don't know you're not done until they regret being born (laughs) (laughs) right take it all the way back before they were even introduced to radio well frank says i also have a new shirt idea making pig picture which i'm assuming is ham Mm -hmm. radio picture great again ignoring the qrz zombies i am sure leia can do some awesome artwork that's i will not do that yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Frank. <laughs> yeah, because again, at the end of the day, I support the service that QRZ puts out there. I like their logbook. I I like using their system. Um, I am a paid subscriber to Me QRZ. Me too. But and again, this is it's really tough because you're walking a very fine line. the The same bad actors are continually allowed to be the bad actors. So that speaks to the community that they want to build, right? I mean... Because they've done nothing about it. It's gone on for years. Years and yeah, years and years. Yeah, but, you know, years. there's something to be said about... Um, and I, I believe this as somebody who runs a number of community Facebook pages, mm-hmm. that 
the free speech element is actually more important to me mm-hmm. than a lot of times the way it goes with the community. I And I understand, like, if you have a totally separate goal mm-hmm. of making ham radio welcoming, okay. then absolutely, that is the value of your group. You need to adhere to that, right? Right, right, right. But if you have created just a community page mm-hmm. where the point is for people to be able to speak their mind about anything, mm-hmm. then you can't squelch the people who are negative. I don't disagree with you. That being said, mm-hmm. QRZ has already stepped out of Correct. this free speech bubble Correct. by barring specific topics. Well, I mean, they had the whole Russian thing, which they quickly um, turned back around. Right. But they had something else related to politics, too. Like, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to talk about politics. On. Right. So it's it's not really, like, open and free. So that's that's a little confusing. It. It it's, it, fe- it feels when you go on QRZ that it is <coughs> that there are some bad actors who continually do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, posts get locked largely because of those bad actors making claims that people have tried to mm-hmm. talk with them, myself right. included, trying to correct their misinformation and nothing gets done. No improvement is made, and the same arguments are made over and over and over again. So quickly, from my point of view, no one is is blind to that, particularly the admins. And the fact that it perpetuates generally means that that's what they support. So that's fine. I just I don't participate uh, on QRZ because of that. I just I find it exhausting mm. more than anything. It's just it's not worth my time. Um, it's not worth my time to actually give them my time. Right. It's not constructive. It's not helpful to ham radio. But for QRZ, that might be their most active demographic. And then how do you... It's the same three guys. How do you turn (laughs) your... I know, but if they're the ones who are keeping like certain posts bumped and like activity going on the platform, Mm -hmm. then it's quite possible that... I mean, they obviously have advertisers that are paying for the clicks, right? Like the... Or the impressions. uh, Okay, right. So, so if it bleeds, it leads is what you're saying. It's kind of uh, high drama. Yeah. Okay. So then that's probably another reason why I have no interest in really being active there. Again, there's lots of really good information. You don't have to stroll in the same threads that those right. individuals do. You can stick to the, the technically focused um, forums, which right. are generally very good. I just right. I get tired of seeing the same people you make can the same spin arguments the dial. and just be yeah exactly and just be as spicy about everything they caught just hypercritical hypercritical mm-hmm. that 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 type of stuff is just exhausting mm-hmm. with no with no um no encouragement no value no corrections that can be made just this hypercritical feedback that is of zero mm-hmm. constructive value and it's interesting and incorrect a lot of the times because that's uh, it's like very different from the hrcc community yeah it's a totally different one of the things that i love about the hrcc community is that it's not just being well-versed and Mm open-minded and wanting and having this passion for discussing and sharing knowledge Mm -hmm. for ham radio it is this way on the multitude of topics right because i'll go into the hrcc podcast channel and we will talk about mayo i have now learned so much about mayo Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah i've got to get my hands on a jar of dukes apparently (laughs) that's dukes okay yeah 
And then also there's a like a Jan's seasoning that goes really good on a tomato mayo sandwich. I'm down. I I trust the community. Okay. <laughs> well, Frank signs off. That's it for now. Go forth and conquer. Frank KG5AHJ Tank Radio. And Tank obviously has a YouTube channel. We will drop that link mm-hmm. in the show notes. The next email is titled New Ham. Oh. And this is from Adam. Just wait for it, okay? Don't get so excited. Okay. I know you're just ready. I am. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, Lynn. I haven't clicked it once this episode. I am a new ham as of March 17th, 2022, and loving it. Ooh, that was loud. Sorry. Spicy. (laughs) Congratulations, Adam. I started out with GMRS with friends and family to give us a way of comms if uh shiz hits the fan Mm -hmm. yes i am a prepper too that quickly evolved into repeaters going up around town like multiple repeaters (laughs) you just you're like uh we are gonna be prepared repeater repeater you get a repeater and you get some people didn't even ask (laughs) it was just like a very tall mountain on their property (laughs) so that got a repeater yeah yeah they did a really good job of camouflaging it as a tree, though. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Just like those cell phone towers. Have you seen the fake, like, water towers that they're mm-hmm. now putting 5G equipment in? That's it's fantastic. It's literally a, like, camouflage. It's a water tower, right? Mm-hmm. Like, on top of a building. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, a mesh, and it's all just full of 5G equipment. Oh, man. It's really ridiculous. Ben recently saw one of those antenna trees, and he was like, Mommy, there's something wrong with that tree. <laughs> And I was like, it just took you almost a decade, but yeah, that's not a tree. <laughs> See, even that tree has a Facebook mommy. <laughs> he is so salty. He's like, I don't have any devices that are mine. I was like, you have a radio. <laughs> like... Get on the ham radio, son. Not, he's not on ham radio, but yeah. he has GMRS technically. Yeah. Do your friends have GMRS radios? Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. He's like, no, but they have like Apple watches and tablets and cell phones. I was like, who? You tell me who right now. I'm going to go talk to the parents. <laughs> <laughs> they won't have it either. <laughs> okay. They will have GMRS. Yes. <laughs> you, got, you guys are this close to going analog. <laughs> <laughs> All of you. <laughs> So Adam continues, I found you from the video you did with Mike Glover. Oh, okay. He is a true hero. He is. And that led me to look into ham radio more and more. I have to say this about Mike Glover. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen many images of Mike Glover, but he's got a real Jason Momoa thing going on. If Jason Momoa was in the armed forces. They don't look alike at all. A little bit. Like, doesn't he have long hair? Yeah, but Mike is Korean. Yeah, he no, looks I get like that. a Korean, like a big Korean guy. Yeah, that does not look like Jason Momoa to me. Mm, mm. Okay, I mean, I'm not saying he's Aquaman, but like, <laughs> he's. Are you saying a, like the look? Because I mean, Jason Momoa is like on that frontier. Yeah, that's show what I'm saying. Where he wears like Carhartt and stuff. Yeah, he's very much like a functional, <laughs> a functional outdoorsy Asian. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say, Leah? With skills. 
He, how no, do you I, know? I love this. Yes, please, how do you please, know please. that Jason Momoa actually hasn't built his whole persona off my club? <laughs> He's like, you know what? This is this is my. I follow this guy on Instagram. Check this yeah. out. Check this out. What if we took <laughs> the way white guys look in the Midwest, <laughs> but we made him Asian? Yes. And big. Long hair too. Long hair. Yeah. 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 Sold. <laughs> I'm surprised that Mike Glover's uh, podcast is so popular. You're because surprised? He he could just do TV shows. Oh, oh, oh I <laughs> like... How does one know he's Asian? <laughs> How do you know he looks like Jason Momoa? He doesn't look like Jason Momoa. How do you know that Jason Momoa looks like him? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I'm going to take two pictures like side by side and be like, dog, come on. Come on. See, this one, uh, this one, Mike is in Poseidon's castle at the bottom of the ocean, fighting for Atlantis. He was a part of the special forces of the Atlanteans. And this is Jason, Aquaman. This is Jason Momoa in van life. <laughs> this is- Jason Momoa in van life. Did she say, did she say like Jason Momoa is always towing the line from like homeless guy? Yeah. <laughs> he's always like, but when he's cleaned up and looks prepared, he looks like my glove. <laughs> okay, good, good. I'm glad. Bad life. But in this episode, he's actually in an Astro van from the late 90s. Today, Jason. It's distinguishable from a homeless person. Jason introduces you to the Tacozilla. Tacozilla? It's the Tacoma. The souped up Tacoma that's like 300 grand. Oh my God. For van life. Who is dropping 300 grand on a Tacoma? Uh, it's really souped up, though, for living in. <laughs> it's, it's a house. It's a house. And the colorway on that thing is chef's kiss. $300,000 on a Tacoma. But it has other things. It's not just the truck. It's like the whole build out for the house. Is it is it pulling a $250,000 vehicle? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the bathroom's inlaid with. So. What? Wait, wait. There's a Tacoma that has a bathroom in it? Okay, she hit the pause. The pause now. All right, so I looked it up. It's basically a SEMA car. Uh, they what took, is a SEMA? So SEMA is a, a car show. Okay. okay. It's a huge industry car show. And a lot of people bring out, like, concept vehicles. This is a extended cab Tacoma with a retro like fiberglass camper that is in the colorway of the old 70s retro yeah. micro trucks with camper it's shells awesome. on it that had like the bubble windows on the side that like whole jam it's the best. there is no way i mean this one off is probably like three hundred thousand dollars it even looks like it's tilted to the back a little bit like it's weighted too heavy um if this came out as something that you could purchase, this would not be three hundred thousand. That would be crazy. But yeah, it's a, it's an overlanding rig. It's even got like a snorkel set up on it. it. Looks pretty cool. I I don't know that I would. The colorway is awesome. So that whole retro thing is back with those crazy crazy like Tron lines. Love it. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Well, I'm glad I'm glad, glad I could experience this with you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I got so confused with Taco Zilla. It's like, what, they got like a short order chef in the back? Like, is it, <laughs> it's a roach coach, but it's on the back of a, uh, a Tacoma? I'm going to make some Al Pastor tacos tomorrow. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. So Adam says that lead uh, that led me to look into ham radio more and more. I currently RV Grand Design Momentum fifth wheel toy hauler mm. all around the U.S. full time with my wife and kids. What an adventure. Nice. Despite some challenges, it's been wonderful for our family. We homeschool the children, wow. 12-year-old daughter and 14-year-old son. So much respect for you to decide to get in to an RV full-time. With a 12-year-old and 14-year-old. With a preteen and a teen. <laughs> this is... That is a lot of family trust. I... Uh, I think that you must be doing a beautiful job parenting <laughs> for you to have. For this to even be possible. Yes. <laughs> and I can work from the road, so it's been a great time. I currently have my kids studying for their tech licenses, and I'm going for my general. That is what you need to do in homeschooling. Somebody needs to roll out a ham radio homeschool course oh, I can talk for to kids. K5ATA about that. Yeah. Yeah, we can do yeah, we can talk to him about that. K SATA. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's... <laughs> the fastest hard drive. <laughs> or I guess of the of the early aughts. Adam, good luck to your kids and to you in your studying. I have gotten more into DMR for traveling, as it seems to be the most stable way to communicate for me going location to location. I do as much two meter and 70 centimeter as I can when we are at our destinations. But going down the road, DMR works very well for me. I had an AT587 in my truck, but at one of the stops to the Pacific Northwest, we were sleeping for the night in the RV and someone broke into my truck and stole an ammo can behind the seat and my 578. Whoa. Maybe they thought it was a fancy CB. Who knows? Or they thought it was a gun in it. What? In the Pacific Northwest? I thought that was a low crime area. It depends on There's where. There's just no crime in the Pacific Northwest. Now I can think of a few areas in the Pacific Northwest that has a lot of crime. It's just vampires and oh. werewolves out there. That's, wow. That's a... Twilight that's, reference. That's a Twilight joke. Great. It's been a while. I know. Mm-hmm. It's just... I know. Probably didn't land. But that one was for all the wives listening. <laughs> I still have an 878, though. So that is great. I have a couple of questions for y'all, if you don't mind. I, we can try. We never mind. I never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no mind. Uh, one... What is the deal with the chili that I hear <laughs> in a lot of the podcasts I'm trying to catch up on? Okay. Skyline, Skyline chili. chili. This is something that comes out of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh has been tasked with bringing it back. <laughs> I'm not bringing back Skyline chili. You have cans of it. It's not the same. Well, then come out. Not happening. Okay. Somebody has to take children to school. They're not homeschooled. We could motorhome it. <laughs> That's an even longer trip. <laughs> let's turn let's turn three days into a month. <laughs> yeah. No. 
Okay. Uh, Skyline chili is a fantastic chili mm-hmm. that you can eat so many ways. <laughs> so many ways. <laughs> but it was suggested to us, so we got it. It is more of like a meat sauce. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's got cinnamon in it. It's kind of like a Greek chili. It is a Greek chili. Fantastic on pasta and hot dogs. Yes. But what was, okay. It, it gets a lot of flack because it's not a traditional, what you would call like an American chili, right? So there's a lot of folks that don't, that aren't experienced with it, or they just like chili their way. And if anyone's calling Skyline Chili chili and it disagrees with them, think of the whole fuddy-duddy comment about the QRZ mm, guys again. Mm-hmm. A little bit of that's going on here. One of the but reasons, it's also polarizing. Some people do oh, not yeah, like some people Skyline hate Chili. It. Um, the thing that we liked about it was, as we learned, um, the Greeks, similar flavor profile to a mm-hmm. Vietnamese dish that we really like. Yes. Me in particular. It's one of my favorite Vietnamese dishes. And it's got a lot in common with it. Mm-hmm. It is really very, very similar flavor profile. I want to make that tomorrow. So that's why I like it. Um, it's just good. Uh, no, it's delicious. And since you are RVing it across the country, the next time you're in Hawaii, Ohio, Hawaii, no, Ohio, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, especially, there are quite a few skyline just and skyline chili like. Out of Cincinnati is yeah. where they have the most. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. If you are in Hawaii, though, the chili that you get out there is Zippy's. It's okay. It's not as good as Skyline. No, personally, <laughs> it's a chili. Mm-hmm. it is a chili in hawaii <laughs> yes but if you're gonna be in hawaii there's so many better things. you have to go to zippy's if you go to hawaii you have to mm. if if you are in a situation where you're like and now i will eat mcdonald's in hawaii but why would you know if you like a fa- in hawaii is awesome no if you think mcdonald's in hawaii is often awesome then you need to go to zippy's listen if you're in hawaii you go to Costco. First no, you, of all. <laughs> well, you go to Walmart, and that's where you get your uh, tchotchkes and stuff no, to bring back. The Costco in Hawaii has specific Hawaii-based bakes. Instead of it being a chicken bake, I think they have a bulgogi bake. It's <laughs> just poi bake. <laughs> and then, what else do you need to do? Uh, you go to yeah. You take your bulgogi bake and and you stuff it into the poi bake. You go to like a kombini, right, okay. with like a convenience store, um, and get the poke. <laughs> In the mm-hmm. convenience store. I right. know it's counterintuivative. Is this the, the one off of Waikiki? There's like a bunch of. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Uh, is it Rainbow Drive-In? That's where you get the Locomoco. And then, I mean, it's cheesy, but I would definitely do a luau. Mm. It's, eh. Mm. And then you get the malasadas, <laughs> right? And you go to about uh, 25 ABC stores. No, no, you have to do the garlic shrimp food trucks. At Giovanni's? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there are actually better trucks. Now. Okay. Sure. But you get it super spicy. As spicy as you can get. You go to the North Shore. You, I mean, this is all Oahu, is, yeah. obviously. Leia has only been to Oahu. Uh, North Shore, and you go get shaved ice. Okay. Right You're literally there. just retelling. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> Those are my tips. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my Hawaii TED Talk. But if you're in Hawaii, <laughs> not Oahu. Find Hawaii. a luau. Yeah. <laughs> Go get some skyline I don't know how you're going to get your uh, fifth wheel toy hauler to Hawaii. <laughs> these are just some ideas for you. 
that too. Being in a fifth wheel toy hauler. Do you have any thoughts how to set up an antenna for HF? See yeah. attached pictures of the RV. And I'm going to go ahead and show Josh the sweet RV. You've yeah, got. I know what a fifth wheel looks like. Uh, there is a, you keep showing it to me. What, what, why are you pointing like you know what you're talking about? <laughs> put it here. You put shut, one back here. Shut, yeah. <laughs> They make uh, they make mast holders that actually mast like hole. attach. <laughs> Great. They make mast holders that attach to the ladder that's on the back of of most trailers, toy hauls, ladder mo- mast hole. <laughs> Great motorhomes, and so you could use a telescopic mast. There's a push up mast that you keep inside your um, your RV. In fact, uh, Gigaparts has a couple of telescopic masks that have like clamps that actually hold the telescopic elements up mm-hmm. or whichever way, up or down. And you can easily just affix that to this mounting system and run a wire. You can run a long wire, an NFED half wave uh, back down. Many, many antenna solutions are available to you if you have a mass like that, mainly wire antennas. NFED half wave is probably going to be the most, the easiest to get up and run. But yeah, that, that's what I would I would recommend you go that route. That's that's definitely an easy way. And then All right. Now, he didn't say he wanted it when driving. That's a whole different game. If you want an HF antenna when driving, then you probably want a screwdriver antenna on your truck. Um and then you have something a little bit more permanent that you would set up with your RV when you deployed. All right. His third question, do you think the RT97 is a good mobile repeater for GMRS? When we are at locations, I want to have full comms with our kids if they take off on the e-bikes. I have no idea. I've, <laughs> I've not reviewed it. I, I I know that it's out there. It's Redivis that, that has it. Uh, how much are they? They're kind of expensive, though, right? Yeah, it's like 340 bucks. How far off are they going on their e-bikes that they'd be out of GMRS range? I feel like if you had a nice 50-watt GMRS radio, like in the RV, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd be able to hit them. Because, again, you've also got a decent little ground plane with the with the RV, you know, being a little bit taller that you can mm-hmm. set something up on a, a fold-over antenna or just have, just have the antenna mount on the side of the RV. And when you get to where you're going, again, when you set up that ladder-based telescopic mast, just have a GMRS antenna you, you slap on the side of that thing on a separate mount that would go to the, uh, the GMRS radio. That's what I would do. All right. Well, Adam says, I am a PC gamer and never thought in my wildest dreams did I think I would spend more on ham radio than I do Star Citizen and PC parts. But here we are. Star (laughs) Citizen. Well, I haven't heard that in a while. What is Star Citizen? It's kind of like a pay to win um, space game. Mm. Lars was big into it. Or, sorry, Lars was, we used to complain a lot about it together when it was first like coming out and we were Mm -hmm. hearing about it. It was kind of scammy. When it got started, yeah. Thanks for all the great content you both provide, and I really look forward to travel days now that I've found the cast. Oh, Oh, thank you. Thank you you for having us on the road with you. Mm -hmm. Respectfully, Adam, K3BVM. And sorry about your break-in. Yeah, that is terrible. But hopefully uh, we answered your questions, um, you know, and that you get some chili. You definitely did. I answered some chili questions. Important stuff, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
And uh, Adam has a quote. It says, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. And that's from Edward Everett Hale. That's a good quote. I really like that quote. is literally what I think my whole life <laughs> is. <laughs> like, I... Uh, I can't, I can't fix it all, but I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. And and your second favorite quote is, "You don't know me. What I can't do, <laughs> I'm still gonna do it." <laughs> like when I come home or open the garage after Ham Nation, and there's just IKEA things everywhere. I just needed tools, and they were. <laughs> they gave you a tool. And no, it didn't come with any tools. It told you to go get a drill. <laughs> No, that's screw. Oh, it doesn't. It, yeah, it doesn't have a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I had nothing. Wow. I tried to do it by hand, <laughs> but I was like, uh. Broke a couple teeth. <laughs> Adam, I can't wait to hear of your future adventures. Yeah. In that ham radio great. and GMRS. Mm-hmm. You know, let us know, though, um, about the um, the distance on the GMRS. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious what you find. I, I'm always. I'm I just always... don't want you to buy gear that you might not need. I'm very different from Josh in that way. No, <laughs> I think I think people they they, they got they have these kind of like ambitions in 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 decluttering, right? Like we're we're in this world where we're going to declutter everything, which I I don't I'm not against, but in decluttering your life, if you make your life more complicated, then you haven't really decluttered. You've just reduced capabilities and then you figure you figured out like a macgyver way of solving the same problem mm-hmm. right and so then it becomes a question of what's your time worth and how much do you have to fiddle around mm-hmm. with making this all work every time you pick it up like you might have saved 50 bucks 100 bucks on the initial upfront costs but every time you have to drag out that repeater make okay. sure it has a power source Make sure that you got the antenna up and running every time you do that. Like you are going to get busy in all the other RV life things you have to do. Right. So having a 50 watt radio that's plumbed with coax to the to the antenna connector, it's already got power because you plumb that one time and you're done. And then you, you all you got to do is throw that antenna on top of it or you go buy one of those uh, electrical fold over antennas. Mm-hmm. Right. The ones that have like you flip a switch, it literally goes boop, pops up, you're done. That's always what I'm looking to go more towards is mm-hmm. how do I make my life easier? I don't want to spend a bunch of money and I don't want necessarily a too much redundancy, but I definitely don't want to waste my time fiddling around with something. Right. Because once I've fiddled around with something like five times, then I'm kind of like, well, I've already paid for that more expensive thing. Right. In the time that I saved, either mm-hmm. in my enjoyment of doing the thing or or in the thing that I could have been doing when I wasn't fiddling around. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So 50 watt GMRS radio, permanently mounted in your RV. You just turn that thing on, it's running off of batteries, you you already wired it, you're good to go. That's my assumption. I'm guessing that you should be able to hit them with the handy talkies for quite a a distance. But you'd have the same problem with the repeater um, as you did 
if you went with the mobile. Unless he's talking about like literally taking an e-bike and driving the repeater up to a mountain, right? And setting <laughs> it up with solar panels. And that's a whole lot of fiddling. You're already going to be wasting a bunch that's, of time. That's doing your that. whole project. Well, that's, that's going to take an hour, right? To, mm -hmm. to do the whole thing out and back, depending on how far it is. And then you have the other corollary problem of you're not there what if someone steals that <laughs> right sounds like you roll around in in beautiful wilderness with thieves apparently in some cases so you may not want to just be driving out 400 gmrs repeaters they and just them. they just see his sweet rv and they're like <laughs> that's gotta that's... have goodies in it yeah exactly <laughs> i need to find out what that sweet nougat inside you, is uh you've gotta paint your rv taco colors <laughs> that's <laughs> Have you ever thought about putting a sweet wizard on the side of your RV? <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Adam. And congratulations again. Ah. <laughs> Jump Street. Where'd the song go for Jump Street? I don't remember. Was it like that? I don't know. Amber Turd. I'm going to turd up this bed. Let's get turd up in this bed. How's it going, everybody? Day two. Day two. Got an update for everybody. I decided to sit down and put together my after hours list. Wow. For Hamvention. You just, you worked on that really like up front, mm. huh? You're so prepared. <laughs> just well, because really... I, I, I real, well, I realized some things and I'll, and I'll talk about it as we move along, but I wanted to catch everybody up. We have some plans. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night Wow! for Hamvention Week. That's right. It's jam-packed with fun. In addition to what you could be doing, what you are doing during the day, we have a couple of options for you at night. Now, these are the events I'm going to. Date and nightlife. So there are other events because people have different schedules, it turns out. Like no. Contest University is happening Thursday night, but I have other plans. Right. So you will have to decide, dear podcast listener, what you want to attend if you're going to Hamvention. And I'll give you the rundown really quick because I know a lot of you aren't going and I appreciate that. But if you do change your mind, this is where I'll be. OK, so Thursday night, which is the 19th, uh, I will. And, and it should be. Let me correct that a bit. Thursday at 4 p.m. I wouldn't call that nighttime. And these are all local time for Dayton. OK, that's a late afternoon. I will be at the Voice of America Museum. In Cincinnati, four o'clock, we have a tour scheduled. We've got it scheduled for about two hours, maybe a little bit longer with questions. How far is Cincinnati from Xenia? About, about 45 minutes. Oh. Thank you for asking. All right. Yeah, I was going to get to that, but I appreciate this uh, back and forth <laughs> banter podcast style. I do have a Google Doc that we will link in the show notes so you can pull it up. And it has things like directions and phone numbers. Um, well, by directions, I mean at the address. Use your phone. <laughs> so after the I'm gonna tour, print out the the directions on MapQuest. Remember MapQuest when you actually had to do that, and, <laughs> and then you drop it. If you drop the paper, over, and it's like in the footwell of the passenger seat, and it's like, well, I'm driving to Tijuana now, apparently, because I don't know where I'm going, and I'm on the five going south. So I always figure Mexico is next in the MapQuest days. As long as I kept going west, I would eventually hit water. <laughs> <laughs> for, and this is a beautiful sentiment for you because if I ask you at any time, which way is west? But the car will tell you which way west is. <laughs> the car uh, with the old LEDs, you know, that <laughs> it said W. <laughs> I trusted it. 
Also, the freeways tell you which way you're going. Uh, not exactly. I mean, yeah. the 405 goes north, but really it's going north, northwest. Sure. Okay. All right. So after the VOA tour, Jocelyn, who is one of the, the folks that works at the museum, he's telling me. Oh, that's not the female version of you. No, it's Joc- the male version. Jo- Jocelyn. No, Jocelyn is the male version of Jocelyn. Oh. His name is Jocelyn. I am so sorry. Wow. Jesus. So but, after the tour. I'm going to remove my foot from my mouth. After the tour, Jocelyn has informed me that there is a brewery that's like, I think, visible from the VOA, basically. It's called Grainworks. That's where they threw their uh, their line. That's right. On the other side of the antennas over there. So we are doing a pub meetup. Right after the tour, we're just going to go straight over there, and it starts at uh, roughly 6.30. Follow the squirrel. Yeah, follow the squirrel. So what's interesting about Grainworks is Jocelyn told them that we were going to do this event, and they said, that's awesome. We're going to take all of our – they make specialty beers named after the Voice of America. <gasps> and one of the historical facts about the Voice of America is that Hitler – Yes, the Hitler. Was a voice of America? No. Oh. <laughs> he used to refer to the Voice of America radio station as the Cincinnati Liars. Because <gasps> they're in Cincy. So they named a beer. They named that. a beer the Cincinnati Liar. Amazing. And they said that they will save all the remainders of the beer that they have for our little meetup. Because it's, it's, it's like almost three out. beers. It's, yeah, it's, there's five. So come early. <laughs> Skip the tour. Go get tanked. <laughs> Cincinnati liar. Uh, that will be right after the tour, so we're going to go straight over to there. Now, here's the thing, and, and I, I realize going into this, probably should have planned this podcast a little bit better. I actually need to know how many people are going to go <laughs> to the, the pub, and how do people tell us that they're going to go? Well, Google survey. There's a post on Facebook. It's a oh. survey post. Just go in and click the box, whichever one you're at, or if you're a patron member, go tell me on Patreon. I made a post about it. If you're supporting us on Patreon. So you got two options. There don't to go to, know. don't do both though, right? Is what you're saying. Yeah, do one or the other, please. <laughs> don't double up your votes. We're going to so have 300 it, people. Because it's like $250 to reserve the space. And I kind of need to know how many people. So if we actually need the reserve space or we just wing it for open tables or whatever, you know, so, sure. so let me know. I'd appreciate it. Now that's Thursday. Just reserve it, man. Well, that's, I told him to just reserve it, but he wants like a head count. So I'm, I'm working with Jocelyn here. Okay. I would be like otherwise, like just, just it's fine. Okay, Jocelyn. I'm sorry. gonna. I, I'm gonna, I don't want to piss off Jocelyn any more than I take, already have. Like I'm gonna take whatever that two hundred fifty dollars is, give it to me all in Cincinnati liars, and I'll just hand it out at Hamvention <laughs> the next day. Just get everybody tossed. I'll have. I'll, I'll go buy a, a radio flyer. Huh? See what I did there? Ah. Wagon full of Cincinnati liars, and I'll hand it out to people. That's not a very big wagon, though. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, so. Friday, the new hotel for Contest University, it used to be like the Doubletree or something like that. Uh, The new main hotel is called the Hope Hotel. It's actually right next to the Air Force Museum in Dayton. Okay. So that hotel, they host evening events like the whole Hamvention weekend. Nice. So on Friday, we'll be there. Sometime after the show, the YouTubers will start moseying on in there. They have a couple of different rooms available. I swear, they they do not mosey. I am going to be very upset. Okay. I need videos of moseying. Video evidence of moseying, yeah. Yes. And if you catch anybody not moseying, (laughs) that's, you can't let them in. That's right. I'll wear my holster. (laughs) 
you have to. I'm going to take my holster. Yes. Then on Saturday night at, I think it's uh, 6 o'clock. Yeah, 6 o'clock-ish time frame. Again, we'll, we'll get there when we get there once the show closes. We'll be at the Troll Pub. The what now? The Troll Pub. Is it in trees? No. Is it underground? Well, under a bridge would be the right. Wouldn't that be a... Oh, I was thinking about the new trolls, not so the keyboard trolls. It's on QRZ. That's right. It's <laughs> online. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, six o'clock in Dayton, search Troll Pub. That's where we'll be. They have a room behind a bookshelf. Like it opens up uh-huh. and there's a room back there. People go to the wrong place. Just start pulling books off the wall. They're <laughs> sure somewhere. <laughs> Where's the meetup? They're in the library. There's just so many ways for this to go wrong. How did you get to the Dayton Public Library, though? <laughs> and all the books, huh? <laughs> you had to pull all the books down? It was a Dewey Decimal mess. <laughs> it's a Dewey Decimal don't. So, yeah, that's the plans. Fantastic. Okay. So hopefully uh, give us your That's feedback. That's so interesting for me who's not going. <laughs> well, next year. I keep saying that, right? Uh-huh. Every year is always next year. Yeah, every year is next year. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, Leah, you said you have a voicemail. Every year is also last year. Every... <laughs> it's kind of meta. Okay. what we, we Make with the, the voicemail. voicemail. And in case anybody doesn't remember, the voicemail number is 562-334-2389. Let's do this. Okay. Here we go. Hello. You have received a voicemail from Kilo One, Mike Alpha Zulu. Nathan in Southern Vermont. I do not accept the charges. Hi, Josh and Leah. <laughs> I uh, just wanted to do a little voicemail um, so the voicemail box doesn't get lonely. It's true. Um, it's always complaining Perhaps about that. Someone else has also left a voicemail for you. But I was just wondering, like I should, as a uh, podcast po- pro- co-producer, mm-hmm. what is the podcast plan for next week? I know this is um, a good Josh question. put up on a message on his YouTube channel, uh, I believe, about a meetup on... Thursday of next week before uh, Hamvention. It's true. So I just talked about. Obviously, that's one of the days that you usually record. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering, what's your plan for next week? Are we doing a Hamcation kind of thing where it's a a short podcast that and then you hit. have a lot of emails? Next yeah, week? I'm going to be competing or, with myself for worst um, episode. Are you going to record <laughs> earlier so I can get an email in and other people? Thank you very much. Again, this is uh, Nathan Kilo One, Mike Alpha Zulu. Nathan in Southern Vermont, 73. I'm going to record it by myself. Nice. I'll leave the equipment. Go for it. You can do it. I don't know how. It's not hard. I can <laughs> I can show you after the podcast. There's so many buttons. <laughs> There's nine. It's a lot. And then like and a then... grip of sliders. Yeah. Um, okay. Do-do-do. As of right now, the traditional podcast of Leia and I talking will not be happening. Mm. travel wise it's just not going to work out there's no way that we can do any amount of podcast and me effectively get to the airport it's true because i have some funky hours it was like one of the cheapest ways i could fly flights got really expensive 
You know what you could do mm. is you could just put together a bunch of sound clips of people who want to put a sound clip on the podcast and then clip them all together. Believe it or not, I still have like gigs of footage from Hamcation that I haven't edited together. Have I seen them all? No. And it's all the people that were like, <laughs> hey, Leia. So, hey, look forward to that, Leia. <laughs> The one audience member. I don't let's even know do if I should again. post it. I let's don't even. Do, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll figure something out. I, most, you know, the last one, which was just a hit. It was. I mean, I had David mm. Minster <laughs> from the ARRL. <laughs> I had the luminaries in Ham Radio. But okay, so this time Gordo's going to be out there. Maybe do I'll do something with, with Gordo. Gordo. I'm supposed to be hang out his booth. Yeah, you should just record it there. I'll do that. I'll do yeah. something with Gordo. Yeah. I mean, as much as we can, because, you know, there's sure. going to be people coming around. But, um, yeah, I've got the dual mic pack set up, so I'll mm -hmm. just hit record on Gordo. Maybe it'll just be him talking the whole time. We'll just... Excellent. Just edit it together and go for it. Yeah. yeah and if you fun. want if you want a sound clip, in lieu of emails next week, mm -hmm. you'll have to be at a convention. Find Josh. And then you can have... You can speak your email to the microphone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. That'll work. We'll figure it out. I'll That's figure fun. something out. Well, thank you. I for don't know that it'll be up on Friday, though. That's true. Because Saturday's like... Probably be Sunday. At best, yeah. When are you coming back? Like, never? Sunday, I think. <laughs> late. I show up late. Like, how late? Like, midnight late? Yeah. I think I land midnight. Oh. And then what do you do about Monday. <laughs> I, I work from home i guess oh no i can't i have to actually go into the office on that Monday. well that'd be fun yeah this uh this sounds wonderful and then everybody has josh you look a little uh a little rough <laughs> some kind of rager over the weekend you getting a little old for that i went to a ham radio convention <laughs> You should just sleep at work. It's, you should land. And it is drive right to work. by the airport. <laughs> drive to work and just sleep in your car. Just, just Uber to the to work. <laughs> Bring a hammock. <gasps> yeah. I could set up a hammock. Yes. I mean where? Like in my office. Wow. That's <laughs> people are gonna think you're fighting with your wife. <laughs> yeah. It happens. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Nathan, for bringing up the podcast logistics. Thank you, Nathan. Great volunteer podcast co-producing, as mm -hmm. always. Thank you for looking out for the schedule. The next email is titled, Don't Change a Thing. Don't want to close my eyes. Don't want to go to... <laughs> Don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> and this is from Dan. I'll CQ you then. <laughs> there you go, Nathan. That's your next song. I've already worked out the, the main part. <laughs> that just happened. That's just how we did it. You're so impressed with your brilliance. <laughs> Sometimes, man. It just hits. Hits and hits and hits. Like an RF burn. <laughs> Josh and Leia, mm -hmm. I'm new to ham radio and found your podcast and videos through another YouTuber, Dave Canterbury. 
What? Whoa, we're getting a Dave Canterbury. By the way. Not, he doesn't listen to the podcast. I don't know that he listens to the podcast, but he, he <laughs> sure, does watch you're... the video. And I talk sure. to Dave all the time on Instagram. By the way, I will be at the gathering in July. I didn't know that. Going back to Ohio. <laughs> Can't get enough. More skyline for me. My wife, my wife. <laughs> suggested that I get my ham license for disaster purposes. Your wife told you to get your ham license? That's Since awesome. we have relocated to a coastal area, Savannah, ham radio is something I looked into before, but never really looked too hard at. After my wife basically gave me permission to spend money on gadgets, I oh. got busy studying for my tech. Dan, you are probably one of the luckiest hams. I can't imagine a luckier ham. <laughs> this no, uh, dear husband, you are not doing enough ham radio or gadget buying. <laughs> you are failing your duties. <laughs> As a husband of playing on your radios and buying gadgets. This past March, I obtained my tech license... Fantastic. Congratulations. And I'm kicking myself for not pursuing the hobby earlier in life when I first thought about it. Good. Well, not you good know, that you're kicking yourself, but a lot of people retell that because it is, I think, very rewarding. Uh, Dan, I'm going to go ahead and ask you what I'm sure many a podcast listener is asking. Mm -hmm. And that is, where did you meet your wife? <laughs> where did you get her? <laughs> is this an off-the-shelf model <laughs> or... <laughs> <laughs> he definitely paid for the undercut. <laughs> or did you have to program this in by getting into hobbies that were worse? <laughs> and then yes, yes, the long and con. And then backing her into this mm -hmm. one? Or <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dan continues. That's the first thing you do. <laughs> Buy a unicycle. Hear me out. It works. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hear me out on this. You were going to kill yourself on that unicycle. <laughs> it was just the dumbest. I don't know why. <laughs> mm -hmm. And sometimes I tell people the story about how the unicycle came mm -hmm. and how I... You asked, where's the second wheel? No, In a I, big box that said unicycle. <laughs> no, it was because I had assumed that you they make the best you, wheels. You couldn't have possibly bought a unicycle. <laughs> like in my mind, it wasn't even a, a possibility right. <laughs> that you would buy a unicycle. Mm -hmm. I had to just assume <laughs> because it only has one wheel. They're the best wheels. <laughs> the best wheels. But I will tell people that story, and I can actually see the pity in their eyes. <laughs> yes. yes. So, is that Dan? Did you have a unicycle? Sometimes I feel like I am the person of that meme that says, "Sometimes I just wonder what's going on in their head." <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I am the person that people are wondering about. You know, I do. I, I do very proudly tell people uh, about your uh, ham radio hobby. <laughs> okay. 
and sometimes it is very much received like a unicycle. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that like, uh, that can't land with some people. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan continues, I'm an all-in type of guy when it comes to new things. I want to know as much as I can, so May 9th, I passed my general exam. Congratulations. Big congrats. And I am currently studying for extra. All right. So much for I'll never use this math in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Except when doing ham radio. Yes. Anyways, I love the podcast and Leia's laugh is great and Josh's passion for the hobby is infectious. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Keep up the great content in both the podcast and the videos. 73K04ZBZ, Dan. Thank you so Thank much, you, Dan. Dan. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you're going to do next. You're, Indeed. It's, uh, Hope you go to the gathering. I, I recently learned that the hierarchy of the way that ham credentials works mm-hmm. to become a max ham... You go from tech, mm-hmm. general to extra, and then VE. Correct. That's all the things. All the credentials. Yeah. And I there's no CW credential, but there, I no, think there, that there should is. be. The AWRL still does a uh, proficiency. The, the AWRL plays a CW recorded message like every day at mm-hmm. different speeds. Mm-hmm. And if you can copy it completely, mm-hmm. like multiple times, I don't know exactly the rules for it, and submit to them what the what the readout was, then you get a proficiency um Oh, so there is a Document. certificate. Mm-hmm. Certificate, yeah. All right. There but but like not awarded by the FCC. It's awarded no. by the AWRL. No. Yeah. No. Okay. We don't no. need them. Yeah. What what do they do? Just the FCC? charge us things. Seriously. <laughs> what are they doing? Tell me. Show me. The next email is titled All Ham Content. Uh oh. It's about to get serious. Uh huh. <laughs> Hello, Josh and Leia. I have a few updates and a question for you. Okay. And this is from Ken. First, this is my new call sign, NZ9KB. A little easier to get out in a pileup on DX. KD9TUH takes forever uh, to say phonetically. Yes. How, what is Forget K- CW. What is uh, KD9TUH <laughs> in phonetic? Kilo Delta 9. Uh-huh. Tango. Uh-huh. Uniform. Ooh. Hotel. Okay. And then what would NZ9KB be? Uh, in November, Zulu. What was the other part? 9KB. Kilo, Kilo Bravo. Bravo. That is shorter. Yeah. By a few syllables. And it's a good difference mm. in the phonetics between the, the characters. I was pleased at how easy it was to request the vanity call sign, but a little disappointed that it takes 18 days. I guess the FCC must still wait for mail-in requests. Who uses mail anymore? Just lawyers, man. They use faxes. (laughs) Just the fax. Next is my antenna situation. I had a chameleon TDL antenna up in a tree as an inverted V. It covers 160 to 6 meters, and also covers about 98% of my available yard space. <laughs> this is not a problem in the winter here in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. but the wires would interfere with summer playtime, not to mention mowing and gardening. All mm-hmm. very valid concerns. Mm-hmm. 
So after much thought and many area calculations using Google Maps, here it comes. I decided that my roof line and tree situation would not support any kind of wire in the air. Oh, okay. I did consider hex beams and step IR antennas, but I am not made of money. And although I don't live in an HOA, I was a little squeamish about the roof line profile with one of those up there. You know, you are a very smart man. Just just remind very yourself, smart, your neighbors aren't paying your mortgage. So, so they don't get a say. With the quote unquote approval. <laughs> I don't know why that's in quotes. But okay. Quote unquote. <laughs> approval of my wife my I de- wife <laughs> decided to get the dx commander ah. as mentioned on last week's podcast callum and company must use some sort of voodoo shipping yes because that thing got to wisconsin in a little over 48 hours I, how wow he has to have u.s distribution it literally says it's leaving the uk in the tracking it's it, that's just it's, the it's email. Wizards. It's, it's just... wizards. It's wizards. It's wizards. On fulfillment, brooms. His fulfillment center is Hogwarts. <laughs> right. They're not even using brooms. They're just riding the DX commander boxes. No, Josh. They are using port keys. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and if they're using port keys, this is actually very disappointing speed. I want you to know. Now I'm actually yeah. unimpressed. <laughs> You must pronounce the locations correctly. Oh, no, that's the flu system. My bad. Yeah, you got it all wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. So now it is time to set up a little corner garden tucked night away nicely. Does well in the wind. And holy moly, does that thing get out. Almost instantly made contacts in Russia Italy, Ireland, Canada, using only 100 watts and getting good signal reports. That antenna is amazing. At this point, the email section is just an advertisement for DX Commander. At this point, Every single person who Mm -hmm. tries the DX Commander is just blown away by it. Mm -hmm. You know? It's It's true. It's like you don't even need the step IR. So crazy. Just I don't know take if that's it, true. Just take it down, Josh. <laughs> I don't. There's so many things on our roof line now. I, I know. Just... And each one of them is different and unique looking. <laughs> the Delta, the, um, the Discone is a real good, good looking one. The, didn't I put a Discone on the Dayton shirt? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. I saw that. I was like, ha Yes. <laughs> she, she knows that's an antenna because it's on our house. That's it. <laughs> there is another house in our neighborhood that has an antenna on it. Like down but, the street? No, it's like right on the corner. <laughs> and it's painted the color of the roof. So it blends it. What? <laughs> Pretty sure it's like a TV antenna. Yeah, though. probably. Have you ever thought about doing that, though? Like painting things? <laughs> Nope. <laughs> like to, ca- to camouflage it a little. Like, no. What do you paint something that's uh, sky blue? No. Okay, keep going. No. All right. <laughs> Just think about it. Okay. I don't miss 160 meters, but I would like the six meter band back. So I'm currently constructing a six meter dipole. That's great solutions, and I'm so glad uh, that uh, Port Key got it out to you quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Lastly is my question. I will be in Anaheim in October for a conference and would like some suggestions for local active repeaters in your area. I have looked at the repeater book, but figured you would be familiar with the most active ones. Basically, I am lazy and programming my TYT UV 390 is a pain. Mm -hmm. I would like to add just a few stations rather than the whole book. Oh, okay. Also, I hear there's a ham radio outlet located, quote unquote, conveniently. (laughs) Very. Near the conference center. And by convenient, I mean within 100 miles. Oh. My nearest HRO. Like within five. Is two hours away. It's it's probably like five miles from the convention center. The Anaheim convention center? Yes. Yeah. It's very close to you. Uh, I may need an extra suitcase to haul home some new toys. So, Ken, I'm not sure where um, in the country you are, uh, but shopping in the Anaheim HRO is you're probably going to find one of the lowest tax rates in the entire state. Because of its being in the OC? Yeah. Yeah. Like you save, I want to say, depending on the city, like the difference between the counties, you could be saving like 4%. That's why I shop there. That's not it's why for we us. shop there. No. <laughs> Spaving. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so repeaters. Keller. Look up the Keller repeater. Mm-hmm. The Catalina Island repeater. Ooh. And basically any one of the Winds systems repeaters or Winds. I think it's just called Winds because I think the S is actually system. Uh, there are quite a few. You will have to look up which one is closest to Anaheim. The thing, though, here is we are crazy with repeaters. And so saying like, oh, this one is is a good one. Those are the ones that I most frequently get on. But there's there's so many repeaters. That um, that Wild West repeater is usually pretty active, though, the one that doesn't put out call signs. Yeah, I'm not I'm not generally recommending the mm. outlaw repeaters. So, OK, there's an outlaw repeater that's very, very active. It's very active. <laughs> and very entertaining. It's something. Also really could be outlaws on it. <laughs> <laughs> could, well, okay. Yeah. I've heard some crazy things. Yeah. Um. So you didn't ask for this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. Um, If you are going to be in Anaheim, I highly recommend you head over to the Anaheim Packing District. And inside the Anaheim Packing House, there is a speakeasy. Mm. Okay, it's hidden, obviously. It's behind as, the rice barrels. As, as speakeasies do. I thought they were sake barrels, but that's fine. Okay. And when you go in, the vibes are immaculate, first of all. But they have a drink there that is served <laughs> in a plastic bag. <laughs> this sounds so stupid. <laughs> the drink is served. There's a lot of like, you know, other countries serve drinks like that in that's, plastic bags. Like, yeah, that's, that's what they're what, doing. Yeah, it's like exactly. pie or something, right? Yes. Is that the copy? It is one of the best cocktails you they're all very good. ever <clears throat> have. <clears throat> yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I and that speakeasy, I believe it's called the Blind Rabbit. Yes. And then mm-hmm. on the outside of the packing the packing house is a part of a packing district right mm-hmm. uh outside of the packing house still in the packing district there is a dumpling shop mm-hmm. that does soup dumplings that are very good 
Shalom Bao. Yes. And then a, right across to the other end, there is a brewery tasting. The Anaheim Brewery. Yeah. That has steam beer. What's that? It's just a really light lager. Okay. It's okay. So so check that out on uh, one of your meal times. I know you didn't ask, but I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's the old sun-kissed orange packing house. So it's literally like mm. a warehouse that was for packing oranges into crates. Indeed. So for why people, when inevitably people ask, what do you mean by packing house? What does that mean? Right. Leia, I forgot to mention, I have a beer here that you should probably drink. You should have a sip of it before I kill it because it's really good. This You've been is drinking the, it this whole time? This is the early bird from Coronado Brewing. It is a NOLA-style milk stout mm. brewed with chicory, bird rock coffee, and lactose. That tastes like Vietnamese coffee without yep. the condensed milk. It's really that good. That is fantastic. It's really good. Uh, oh, while you're out here, you can also go to the brewery. It's spelled B-R-U-E-R-Y. B-R-U-E-R-Y. If you like, especially if you like oud tarts and sour beers, uh, Golden it is Road. Off of 57 in Orange Thorpe. Golden Road also has a massive facility out by the Angel Stadium. So if you're into beer, those are some options for you. People are probably going to say, why aren't you suggesting Disneyland? Because I'm not. I'm not suggesting Disneyland. <laughs> Go to Knott's Berry Farm instead. Disney is actually on my hit list right now. Oh, snap. Because of them dropping Johnny Depp. And I'm also going to buy a Dior purse. So there you go. Why Dior? Oh, because Dior is the only company that stood by Johnny Depp. What does Dior do for Johnny Depp? Uh, they ran a campaign for cologne. Oh, okay. And actually in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, the one of the things Amber Heard was quoted saying was, why would Dior want you? You're like a fat old man. Dang. So she really do be abusive. She's a horrible person. She's a horrible person. And then so Dior ran the ad. It's it's like a full-blown commercial it's for, for the cologne. Fat old man. <laughs> Smell it. And I guess sales oh, have through the roof. guy rocketed yeah, of course, of for course. this cologne. It's like the Chris Rock version of Johnny Depp. <laughs> So, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I'm not giving Disney any more of my money. Good. Except for, for Disney Plus. It's hard to let go. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you got to be reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. How will I talk about Marvel if I don't watch Marvel? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, man. This whole second phase of Marvel has not been the best. That's true. Let's cancel Disney Plus. I don't know. Four dollars a month. Let's <laughs> cancel it. Get rid of it. Dead to me. All right. Well, Ken signs off. Thanks for all you do for our hobby. Seventy-three NZ nine KB. Well, I hope you have a great time on your trip to Anaheim. Yes. And thank you for the uh, the positive review of the DX Commander. <laughs> Love to hear it. <laughs> Love to <laughs> yes the next email is titled mustard telescopic poles damn near killed him and bards and a cave okay Whoa. this is a lot of things that josh likes okay all right 
And this is from Matt. Greetings, Leia and Josh. Matt here yet again, this time with podcast-related things. So, Leia, last week you were talking about some artisan mustard. Unless I missed the email deadline, otherwise, whoops. I'll be honest, I never gave thought to how much mustard can make or break a sandwich. Mm -hmm. However, just this week at work, we got one of those ring sandwiches. You know, the ones used for catering small events. It had cheeses and meats, but nothing else between the bread. So I took a detour to the convenience store slash sandwich shop at the sandwich shop portion of the store where they sell boar's head cheeses and meats. Mm -hmm. I know they also use So sometimes called the deli counter. (laughs) I I know they also use their dressings and sauces. Mm -hmm. So inside I go to buy their last two mustards. One deli mustard and one honey mustard. You just cleared the shelves of mustard. (laughs) This dramatically improved the flavors of the sandwich. I bet. The deli mustard had the best blend of vinegar and horseradish that was enough to be a flavor profile, but not overpowering. Mm -hmm. The honey mustard is just as great with a level of sweetness and just a bit of zest. This got me thinking, what else is out there for mustard? Who has some of those absolute must-have condiments? And what was that mustard in the clay jar? I'm expecting a review on the podcast with the hype of it. Ham and rye condiment connoisseur sub-element activated. No? No. Sub-element activate. All right. Okay. So the mustard. Mm -hmm. We have opened the mustard. Yes. It It is is not horseradishy at all. It's literally vinegar and, vinegar and mustard. It's seeds. very good. And it is, it comes in a... Literally a crock. So there's no threads on like a jar. Oh, it's not it's, easy it to open. It has a stopper that's like shoved into it. it aggressively not shoved easy into to it. Open. <laughs> Leia did not have an easy time the first time opening it. I actually, I didn't, re- I, I thought I was like breaking it. Like when I was opening it for the mm-hmm. first time and I was like, no, you just, you just gun through it. So the, I'll drop a link in the show notes for this, but uh, it's basically called mustard pomery. Mm-hmm. It is just the highest rated mustard. And it's French. Yes. If you couldn't get it with the name like And I could just, uh, you know what? I'm just going to make my own, I think. Unless these are somehow made by like mustard monks or something. And- mustard monks. <laughs> it's right next to the beer monks. The reviews do know. And then next door, ham monks. There's there's multiple reviews that say, my wife can't open this. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. There's no added sugar, though. So for anybody who's keto, it's a pretty good option. It doesn't need it. You don't need, you don't need sugar and mustard. Come on. Honey mustard. I, I don't, I'm not a big advocate of a honey mustard on a sandwich. Lies. In one particular Tantalizing case. Tantalizing mustard in one, from ha- the for ham baked ham store. Ham, like a Thanksgiving leftover ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. Or Easter or Christmas. Easter, yeah, okay. It's a year round. It's a meat. holiday. Okay. Holiday adjacent mustard. Because <laughs> literally that thing will sit in the in the fridge for the whole year. Until the next time. It's like, it's my time to shine. Well, uh, the Out worst comes thing the tantalizing mustard. Is that every time, for a while there, every time we went to buy a honey baked ham, you'd mm-hmm. be like, make sure to get the mustard. I was like, okay, <laughs> buy another mustard. You got, like, got like three, three of them. 
You said make sure. And I don't like, you don't eat a ton of it either. So like one jar will last you easily. Yeah, but you can use year. it in salad dressing. I wonder what it would be oh, like you could. mixed with uh, mm-hmm. some some Miracle Whip. Whip. <laughs> and it's with some chicken nuggies. So would you say that is the best mustard you've ever had? No, but it's very good. It's way up there. What's the best mustard? I don't know. There was See? this like German mustard pack that um, I got. It was like a sample pack when I was younger. And, like four mustards in it. It was uh, really good. What were the different mustards? So one of them was a horseradish mustard vinegar blend. One of them was just a coarse, I, I guess you'd like a stone milled uh, mustard, coarse mustard. Mm-hmm. There was a Dijon, which I'm generally a big fan of Dijon mustard. Okay. And then there was like a honey-ish mustard, but that was not as sweet. <coughs> All of those All were right. very good. All right, there you go. Moving on, the Super Elmer did say that Arch Linux is fine as an operating system. What does this mean? Should I be concerned? <laughs> Although he really likes Puppy Linux and Peppermint Linux for their lightweight system. I was going to say, you you got like an uber nerd ham Elmer. You're like, very lucky. You, he's got a lot of things going on. I'm surprised he didn't just sit there talking about Arch Linux for five hours. The fact you got some ham radio content out of him is pretty impressive. <laughs> Arch Linux is the equivalent of like the the meme where people tell you they're vegan or they're doing CrossFit. Like that's that's <laughs> that's the Linux version of that meme is Arch Linux. I'm wondering if I've lost Leia on the animal than food named operating systems. Honestly, I thought they were jokes. So, <laughs> so these are real operating systems. Wait, am is I what wrong? We're is it Arch Linux? I know. No, I am wrong. Yeah. Keep going. I know you had issues with Elecraft and Yesu for their numbering. And this brings that back up. <laughs> no, it's Arch. I was right. Okay. Josh, you pegged me for a bard in the D&D world. The one time I did play D&D, I wanted to be a rogue and try to bluff and forgery every check. I probably would have had better luck walking around with a crudely drawn sign. I'm with the band. <laughs> what the does he dungeons. play? The gun. <laughs> through the dungeons, trying to walk through any checks with charisma and luck. Anyways, I was a musician throughout school performing in front of over three million people over the course of five years oh okay in our marching band I'm like one time where were you <laughs> he's actually he's ed sheeran that's he, kidding. <laughs> he live streams yeah <laughs> one 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 person marching band in his living room on tiktok on tiktok <laughs> yeah in case you were wondering, I played trumpet. If you were not wondering, now you know anyway. Okay. I, I haven't picked it up in 11 years, so I guess I'm a bard now. While I can't sing, I have written parody lyrics. Well, you know, I've got a guy for you, Matt. Yeah, you get together with Nathan. Yeah. Work something out. It can be, it can actually be a ham radio band at that point. There is a ham radio band. They'll be playing at Hamvention. What? Sean Kutzko's in it, who I've had on the show a couple of times. Right. He's the EME guy? No. Um, no, he's the satellite guy. Oh, I'm, okay. assu- I'm assuming he, Sean's like done like everything. He's done like all the ham radio stuff. Oh, right. He's the ISS guy. I believe, if I if I remember correctly, I think they named themselves the Spurious Emissions. I love that so much. I love that for them. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> yes it is i think the last time it, it's been a long time since they've been together but they're going to be t- back again 
So I have to figure out, I got to catch up with Sean and figure out where he's going to be, where they're going to be playing at. Now, since I've become an extra, I still want to learn more. Mm-hmm. I've decided I might try and go for my general radio telephone operator license or GROL for short. Oh, there's more. There's other FCC licenses you can get. Yeah. So you can actually go beyond VE. You can actually go into professional radio. It has nothing to do with amateur radio at that point. Mm. It's its own service. I see. You can actually make money off of it. That's like Gordon West talks about that all the time. So I began using ham study to study for the first elements. The girlfriend says she wants to help me study. Aww. We're hearing about a lot of really cool, significant others tonight. Hams have the best SOs. Man. Yeah. It's because they're so good at QSOs. (laughs) QS. Fine. Fine. Don't laugh. (laughs) She begins reading me the questions and the various answers. She beans? Reason? What? She begins reading me the questions. No, she just beans him with questions. (laughs) She writes them down, crumples them up, throws it at Mm -hmm, him. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then he's got to catch them and answer them. Nice. Or she beans him again Mm. with something harder. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) She, he's dating Amber Heard. That's that's who she. So it's just it's just poop. Post Elon Musk, dude. I I I feel even worse for Johnny Depp. Right. The, the Elon Musk factor. You get the elongated muskrat involved. So I don't know if you understand how serious she mm-hmm. and Elon Musk actually were. Oh no. But she had pledged her divorce settlement was like seven million dollars. Okay. To and she from pledged, Johnny? Yes. Okay. And she pledged three point five million to the ACLU and another three point five million to the children's hospital okay. to make a point that she wasn't after him for his money. But she didn't pay the full amount. Mm-hmm. And a large amount that was paid was paid by Elon Musk. He, so she pocketed it and pretended to give the money away yes dude she is trash and then the aclu actually lied on her behalf <gasps> and then it came out that she actually didn't make good on her promise oh but then elon stepped in to like sort it out he like he white knighted for her he did not pay the whole thing either. he didn't pay dude these people are trash so much so much so freaking elongated muskrat <laughs> That's his full name. That's, <laughs> That's why he keeps burrowing holes in the ground. He can't stop. <laughs> the boring company is actually just him. <laughs> Making a, a nest for he and Amber. I'm just kidding. I was not trying to insult your your girlfriend, okay? I understand was insulting his you girlfriend. are not dating Amber Heard. Of course we know that. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean. It's, it's, I mean, we don't know. It's a rough start since I don't know anything about maritime. I did know about the maximum power level of 25 watts on the marine radios mm-hmm. because I found one in a thrift shop once that had two selectors, one watt for normal power and, and 25 watts for water for high power emergency situation. One, one set of the switch had a boat on it. <laughs> That's how we knew it was maritime. It's funny to think 
how we can just run 10 watt HTs and 50 watt mobiles in the two meter band since that's near the frequencies they use when not on HF. But on the water, they want to keep simplex between relative parties and not make as many contacts as possible. It's not a contest. Right, because they're not out there. Well, I mean, okay, there are a lot of people who get on naval radio and just kind of yak it up a little bit, but it's not really for that. It's I, for safety. I, I think they actually kind of covered that a bit in Fear of the Walking Dead, where the girl starts talking to somebody else mm-hmm. on the marine radio. That's how they get the yacht or attack them on the yacht. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just talking to the OA at work. Because she was in Fear of the Walking no, Dead. No, she's oh. like an older lady. Mm-hmm. And um, I had my Kindle because she told me she reads and that she's like a super Reader. minimalist. Okay. And, and I was like, do you have like a Kindle or anything like that? She's like, yeah, I have like a tablet. She doesn't have a Kindle. Mm-hmm. And she's like gotten rid of all her books and she's all on her tablet and all that stuff. And I don't know how the topic got over to TV shows. She's like, I love The Walking Dead. <laughs> old, you know, old, yeah. older, but not like, you know, like that old. And I was like, me too. And But she's like way further on the show than I am. She's like, and she was about, she was like kind of spoiling stuff. And I'm like, oh, I haven't really seen that yet. She's like, oh, sorry. She's like, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you watch Rick and Morty? And I said, <laughs> yes. yes. She's like, I pickle Rick. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes. I was like, Beth, you are the best. Are you overestimating her age? Is she actually much younger? And because of something about her person, you think she's I think older? She's, I think she's maybe 15 years older than me, I'm guessing. But what gives you that hint? Because you know, recently, we're just going to move no, on. Because recently I found this out this topic that all of you know we're um, there are two other families now that we're very now close I'm to ten to fifteen. It's called ten. Okay, to 15. <laughs> there are two families that we're very close with. Our kids are close friends. The moms and I are best friends, mm-hmm. right? And it turns out that the kids all think I am the youngest of all the moms and they think that helen is the oldest no way but she's the youngest yes and i'm the oldest how'd that work out well that's what i'm saying what are your age cues well she's she's not asian asians can be tricksy that way (laughs) you have to be careful with asians and age it turns out they thought i was the youngest because i'm the shortest They were like, she's the smallest, mm-hmm. and Auntie Helen's the biggest. Auntie Helen's the oldest, and Aunt Leia is the youngest. That's, I mean, that's kid yeah. logic. That makes, so that is this woman out. very tall? <laughs> Do you think I operate as a child operates? I mean, is it is it possible that you think she's older than she is because she has trendy gray hair and you think it's a regular gray hair? No, it's not like a, a, a cool streak, you know, like the... No, the, the trend right now is to go all gray. You're no, I know, but gray. like, let's move on. We're, we're good. <laughs> just, we're good. It's just unusual. <laughs> okay. What you're talking about. Fair enough. Well, Matt continues. Well, while studying, the following question came up and she read it to me. The primary purpose of the GMDSS is to blank. Before she could even give me the possible choices, I shouted out something else. The answer, in case you are wondering, is to automate and improve emergency communications for the world's shipping industry. That's not what I came up with. The first thing I did was ponder for just a moment the letters spinning through my head. 
One by one, the letters became words, and after a pause and a deep breath, I spoke out. Good morning, distress ship signals. <laughs> Good morning, distress ship signals. Now my girlfriend can't stop laughing, and she eventually tells me what it is. Then I realize it's fine because in my mind, the parallel with emergency communication and stress signals are close enough that I'll never get that answer wrong now. Oh, yeah. You've seared that into your cortex. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) Lastly, to steer this back to the podcast, the main topic last week was about telescopic poles. I can't tell you how many times I have stared at the web page to order a spider beam 12 meter HD pole or a DX commander pole. I wish I could build the DX commander, but I would have no room in the side yard. Mm-hmm. My first telescopic pole was, as most people first purchase, a fishing pole. Yep. I wanted to build an antenna. I watched a video of someone who took two pieces of wood to make an L base with an eye hook and on the back of the L and a hinge. This would make a drive-up support, or you could put a rock or heavy bag on it. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I I understand. They then took the fishing pole and attached it to the base with two U-bolts and drilled a screw into the top of the L. They attached this screw to a fork connector to a 9-to-1 Anan, and they got a slinky and used the fishing connector to put through the eye of the rod and attach one at the end of the slinky. I hope this was comprehensive enough. I have I visualized that as though I was watching a movie. <laughs> well done. So your description was perfect. Every part of that I was following along. Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. I got every bit of that. Anyway, the idea is a random wire vertical using the slinky as a radiating wire. Well, I bought the slinky and the pole. <laughs> oh, here we go. But... I didn't buy the piece to go in the eye of the rod to attach the slinky to the top of the rod. Right. Instead, I jerry-rigged it for a demonstration. While I extended the fishing pole to its full length of 20 feet, amazed that it held the slinky for the most part vertically. Mm -hmm. Then the rod must must not have been fully friction fitted when I extended it because it came crashing back down on itself. The slinky guillotined at the tip of the rod and now it's about four inches shorter. Dang. Never tried to redo the experiment, but I still use the rod for my wire antenna at home. Cool. Hey, Matt, um, earlier in this podcast, I think that... The real master, K6ARK. <laughs> Kark gave us some ideas of what you could do with those broken tips. Yeah. Ben or mend these broken tips <laughs> and learn to radiate again. Wow. Work on that. Yeah. Uh, Nate, work yeah, on that one. Yes. <laughs> Workshop it. Last thing. Josh, do you have any plans on working with a with variable air capacitors for a DIY loop antenna? What is I would, there? but Chameleon keeps sending me these loops. <laughs> uh, kind of yes and no. The the air capacitors, like, okay. So the good capacitors for lo- loops, by the way, I haven't really looked into this. They get kind of expensive. Capacitors, like, that you would use in a loop antenna sure. get, get pretty pricey. Again, hey, 
uh, go look up K6ARK's channel. He's got a couple of loops. Now, all of them are generally portable loops that you would take out if you're doing a soda. Um, but, you know, they, they work for a lot of applications. They're kind of fun. I didn't, uh, uh, just to circle back to the DX Commander, I don't feel that the DX Commander takes up that much space. It's not the space that the <coughs> DX Commander takes up. It's the radials. Mm. But if we listen to Lord Callum mm -hmm. um, speak upon his antenna, peace be upon him, the the radials, you just put them out. Like, yes, the, the, the best way to do it is extending the radial perpendicular from the mast as straight as you can mm -hmm. right but he said no there's plenty of people who take his antenna and they mount it flush up against the wall oh so that means you only have like 180 degrees of, of ground space that you could cover and he says just make it it's literally the make it work of, of yeah. radials you just get them out there the length as as flat out as you can and if you have to do little right angle bends and turn them around and stuff it's okay it's it's not that big a deal just try it out man yeah, just make it work. Yeah. And actually, Callum has a video, I think, on how you can make your own DX Commander. Uh, yeah, and there, there's plans online. I mean, I, I think, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, Callum would say that what he has done with the DX Commander is not in, invent a new antenna. He, he's, not, he's not necessarily making something that's never been thought of before. Never Callum, been done before. Never been done before. Callum's antenna is a vertical fan dipole. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what a DX commander is, Leia? I've seen it. No, but you know what it, the concept is of it? It's it's actually fairly straightforward. The telescopic mass goes up the middle, right? And mm -hmm. it's guide out. So it stands vertical. Mm -hmm. Then there are multiple different length wires that run on the outside of that pole. Yes. And each wire is cut specifically for the band of operation you want to use. Yeah. That's all it is. So you have... Vertical fan dipole. Five radiating elements. Yeah. And if you have a 40 meter, you get um, 15 out of it as well. And then you have like a 20 and, you know, whatever. You put up whatever elements you're going to use. Absolutely. That's how it works. And then if you need 80 meters, it's, it goes up and then the wire kind of like shoots across somewhere. Unless you get the nebula. And I believe that is a... that could I think that's a full quarter wavelength on 80 which is just awesome all right awesome well matt signs off matt kc1 iio p.s girlfriend here uh oh matt's girlfriend sorry everything we said Amber about you sorry, sorry about everything <laughs> hello we matt's apologize who is definitely not ever heard I finally caved and got ham study for my phone what? to see if any of the information that has been rattled off to me has stuck. Apparently, I seem to be retaining more than I thought. Good job. Good for you. P.S.S. Matt back at it again. Thanks, Leia. I'm not sure what part of what you said helped, but it worked. She's having fun answering the questions correctly and not watching over my shoulder and shouting, A, C, D, C. <laughs> So yes, the Nebula Extreme antenna, and yes, the Extreme in Nebula drops the E from the front, just Excellent. an X. Yeah, that's extreme. how you know it's serious. That's how you know it's serious. Proper early aughts serious. Yes. Late nineties serious. Eighty meters includes well, that... eighty meters through six meters. Pretty awesome. Well, Matt, I am so excited for you and your girlfriend. Yeah. So it sounds like all of your dreams are coming true. 
comments. <laughs> All of them. The next email is titled Solder Kit Review. Solder. Yes. And this is from a junior or just volunteer podcast co-producer, Jake. I think it's... I, just I, no more junior. Full-fledged. He's He put that. Did he write that? He he wrote a question mark behind Junior. Oh, yeah. so he's leaving it up to you now. Yeah. So now it is back in your court. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. volunteer podcast. We may have to create like Jake. a poll. In, you know we can create polls on the Discord? We should make like a poll. Like a dipole. Yes, yes. But we can have more than two options. Oh, wow. On the Discord where we like. So it's like a fan dipole. Mm. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hello, Hoshnossies. Recently, I was in the market for some cheap electronic kits to practice soldering. (laughs) After buying dozens of flashing LEDs, a product caught my eye. For only $18 and next day shipping to my house, an FM radio was available and at Jeffrey's website. I don't know what Jeffrey's website is. Okay. Fast forward to the next day, and I had the kit in my hands. Amazing how fast shipping is now. Less than 24 hours in this case. The kit had SMD components already soldered with plenty of space between all of the through-hole components. Sold it so that it didn't feel cluttered. The instructions were very well written, and a It included a key to understanding the markings, the comments for you to match up the values written on the silk screen. Okay. (laughs) Overall, the kit was very enjoyable and very thought out. On the Josh scale, I say this kit is best for the intermediate beginner. I've attached a link to the kit. I will drop that link in the show notes. I think this is best for anyone who is interested in electronics and can possibly act as a gateway drug to ham radio. In all seriousness, I thought it was a great product and maybe something for the ham curious to buy. I'm I'm thinking about doing a soldering video with Ben. Mm. Maybe this is the project. Send that send that email to me. I'll... You can go to the show notes. <laughs> Jeez, okay. I had a lot of fun building the kit. It's not like I won't and, see it well, later when I'm building the episode to upload or anything. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And will more than likely purchase some more kit radios. Mm. Excellent. 73 is for now your junior question mark volunteer podcast co-producer, Jake KO4JUZ. Well, thank you, Jake. That Those are great suggestions, Jake. They are. Thank you. Very good. Sounds like a... Uh, you might be helping in the education of Ben or or the injury of Ben. Not sure yet. I'll let you know after. Well, we'll be on video. I'll yeah. Sure <laughs> leave the camera on. And if he's injured, Jake, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. You. <laughs> That's true. That is that is the most truest statement about all of this. Not Josh's fault nope. at all for nope. just uh, not making sure Ben didn't get hurt, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Nope, Jake. And I want you to know, given the type of child Ben is, we will never hear the end of it. <laughs> never. We'll never hear the Ten end of it. Ten years from now, he'll be talking about how his burn still hurts. And he like holds his finger up when yeah. he walks up <laughs> to the door with his wife and children and tell he's just holding his finger up <laughs> in, front of the, the, in front of the camera for the doorbell. 
It hurt him so bad that even his children's fingers hurt. They're holding yes. their fingers. Everyone <laughs> yes. is holding their fingers up. Yeah. They can't do kung fu anymore. No. That's for sure. No. Lao Tzu is pissed. Lao Shu. Lao Shu. Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. We'll get there. So, I mean, you could just say Sifu. She is actually... I understand. She does not... Sifu. She actually doesn't even speak Mandarin. She's from Hong Kong. She speaks Cantonese. Oh, so it is Sifu. So Sifu. That's what I say. Yeah. And then and I was like, ah, oh. no, Ben's like, it's Lao Shu. And I'm like, nah, dog. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Sifu. Actually, I, I think that the only person she refers to as Sifu is, is Grandmaster. Grandmaster. Yeah. So I'm not really even sure what to call her. <laughs> I mean, I call her by her name. Seems disrespectful. But <laughs> when, <laughs> when she calls me, she goes, Leia, it's Catherine. <laughs> when I'm you like, start telling me how to edit photos, <laughs> then I will call you Sifu. But until then, you are Catherine. <laughs> we spent so long. I don't even... I'm still tired. Okay, so uh, it's very hard to capture the perfect kung fu pictures, right? Because not only... All the only... things. All the feet and hands and... Right. The, and... the literal posture line, the back, all that yeah. stuff. And she is hypersensitive. There is an annual yearbook for the Chinese school, which includes pictures of all the cultural classes. Right. Right? A school... Four children. Yes. <laughs> and it is because I asked Josh to record the Festival of Friendship performance. Yes, I did. That then to get pictures of everyone synchronized and in perfect form, we had to pull stills from the video. I want everybody to fully understand what's happening here. I shot this entire thing in 4K. Yeah. Had I known how serious this would have been, I would have like shot it at a higher FPS mm -hmm. so that you had more frames to work with. Well, now you know for next year. Yeah, because I'll at <laughs> least do 30 frames per second, possibly even 60. So because man, she, you went like frame by frame. Yes. And we're talking... 15 plus minutes of content i'm I think assuming the kung fu performance was only eight minutes eight mi only for all of it including the older kids yes oh wow okay so 60 yeah I'll, I'll shoot it in 60 next time she'll be very happy with 60 frames per second yeah, yeah. or you could just not and then oh the camera wanna... broke <laughs> whoopsie <laughs> those matter. old those old ladies with the uh with the with the dancing thing that kept trying to move all the chairs around me. Yes. <laughs> oh, I kicked the camera. I literally spent probably over 12 hours doing this. That is more time than I spend on any one of my videos. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever spent 12 hours on a video. But we got excellent pictures and Sifu will be so happy. I, he better. Because in the end, when the yearbook comes out, then he sees the pictures. And it's a reflection on our kung fu team. Oh yeah, no, this is serious. Oh yeah, this is serious <laughs> yeah. business. I, Shame I don't, I, upon the school. I don't disagree with how important this is. I just didn't know what I was walking into. Otherwise, I would have approached this much differently. 
We got some really good ones. Ben's in like two pictures. <laughs> yeah, well, checks out. <laughs> I, I'm pretty hard on Ben about his kung fu. <laughs> but I was so angry when I was going through these pictures. I was like, we work so hard and you're not in sync for any of these. <laughs> and I didn't say it to him. I didn't say any of that. I was like, just great. Great kung fu performance, kid. Great. <laughs> You'll see in the yearbook <laughs> how little pictures there are. It's like, it's like, a, how many kids are in this school? Would you say? Um, this year, like maybe 150, but normally there's over 300. Oh, because okay. we so were virtual. A, this yeah, year. that's a pretty. That's a okay. That's a pretty big yearbook, but like three fourths of the damn yearbook is just stills of kung fu. No, it's not. You're, uh, but kung fu does have the biggest layout. For sure. Great. Like in terms of activity classes in comparison. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. The next email is titled Salad Dressing. Uh Oh. And this is from Bryson. Hi, Josh and Leia. I just wanted to start off by saying that I learned way later than I probably should have that there are three different types of condiments that all look like mayo. Yes. Okay, I'm intrigued. There is the standard mayonnaise, there's Miracle Whip, and then there's salad dressing. You may not have noticed before, but there's actually a thing in a jar that's labeled salad dressing and looks like mayo. I thought that was Miracle Whip. No, Miracle Whip is Miracle Whip. A friend from New England pointed it out to me as I had never noticed it before. Also, as a side note, if you ever want your buns to come out toasted golden brown, the trick isn't butter, but mayo. Absolutely. That's we, also the hot tip for grilled uh, cheese. Grilled cheese. Yep. I won't do that. You put some mayo on the buns before dropping them on a frying pan and they come out golden brown every time. And I believe it's a secret for a I good normally screw this up. That is the Milliard effect. Maillard. Maillard. Yes. Okay. Did you hear... It was the other one with the water that bounces in a little sphere. That is a mm-hmm. different effect. Yes. Did you hear that Alton Brown, after two decades of being on Food Network, mm-hmm. has left to join Netflix because Netflix bought the rights to Iron Chef? <gasps> Fuki-san? Well, Fuki-san's a I, nephew. It's a, it's a joke. Yeah. It's... So he... Chairman Kaga. They asked, oh, it was, it's actually Chairman Kaga's uh, yes. nephew. Fuki-san is the guy that runs around with the microphone. So they had done a reboot of Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American Iron Chef is trash. With Bobby Flay standing on the cutting no, board. he did that on the original Iron Chef. <gasps> yeah, blasphemy. That is shame on yeah, your family. Shame on the network. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Chairman Kaga was throwing chewed up onions at him. So, or bell peppers. And bell peppers. The, the big reason that Iron Chef America was a complete disaster to me that I, I it was just because not it's not cultural cuisine. No, it wasn't that. Well, yes. For the original Iron Chef, they would source the most insane of ingredients. This fish only grows in this lake and spawns. We had to kill two a guy. Days. <laughs> This is quite the delicacy. Now you make the most amazing dishes from and it. it what, the best part about Iron Chef is that that level of intensity was always extremely high. Yes. But then they'd be like, roots. Yeah. Like one episode <laughs> of season was just super basic. And everybody's like, oh, on, an onion episode. What? 
Well, we know they're going to put that in the ice cream machine. Very rare onions. (laughs) Still pretty rare, yeah. And Iron Chef America did nothing like that. It's like, hey, here's some hot dogs, okay? (laughs) Make food. (laughs) Hey, look, it's the fifth episode where Tom Matillo is the main (laughs) special ingredient. Hey, Bobby Flay's on this one. Big surprise. (laughs) So uh, then Alton Brown recently did an interview Mm -hmm. where they were asking um, about his departure and the new Iron Chef, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And one of the questions was, was it a difficult decision to leave? (laughs) He's like, nope. And he goes, no, yeah, no. And then so he kind of explains that he couldn't imagine um, them doing Iron Chef without him because Iron Chef is one of the reasons um, that he actually got into food shows what the original yes wow and so he he said he wasn't gonna let them do it without him (laughs) so he went with netflix because they bought iron chef essentially wow interesting i mean he could technically go wherever he wants because i don't know that he has to get rid of his youtube or anything like that i mean he's still doing that stuff right and so they brought back the nephew. I'm so excited. He was like, I'm really proud of the product that we have created. So I'm hoping we're back to like super rare ingredients. I, but de- I and want- Netflix getting things scares me now. Like it's it's actually scary for me. I want them to source ingredients that just outrage people. <laughs> that like, they're like, that is an endangered species. <laughs> So what would be great if we could get um, Netflix to, in conjunction with buying Iron Chef, also bought MXC. And then you just had like a random foam boulder roll through the stage and take out (laughs) half of the cooks. You remember MXC? I I want an episode. The the, the Japanese game show. Yes. And then they did the voice dubs on Mm -hmm. it. That was Mm -hmm. the funniest. How about an episode on shark fins? Okay, oh that's what my I just, lord! I want the show and to turtles have and whales. No and... shame about. I want them to be authentic to the original Iron Chef. I don't know that they ever did that, a shark fin episode. In that, like I the ingredients that. that they pick are so rare that it's outrageous. <laughs> like, this is this is really not the social climate to do that, but. You know, bring it back. They did. How could they not? A shark fin. And of no. Of course they did. Wait, no. It was a different time. Was it? Hmm. Season two, episode 13, Shark Fin Battle, Iron Chef Japan. Yes. Yo, it's on Metacritic. Is it just. This was. Uh, you can't even bring up. Kaga Takashi. Oh, well, of course they're going to name all of them because they were on it, but they didn't actually compete. Yeah. Wow. Is that legit? You can't. I wonder how many people that actually listen to this podcast have had shark fin soup before. Uh, At our wedding, just um, everybody can just, it it was a different time, our wedding. It was was all a different time. It was a different time. But we did have people that were so upset. They Morally outraged. And then. It was like whole shark fin. It wasn't just like threads of shark fin. Every bowl of soup had a shark fin in it. Right. Not like we whole. should be really clear. Yeah, like you have to be very yeah, descriptive. Like a it was a slice. A, it was a of, slice yeah. of shark fin, like from a deli slicer. Uh, okay. So I'm giving them the visual. You have to give the visual. 
And there were people who were so upset mm-hmm. that it was, there was, a, and this wasn't outlawed at the time. Okay. This was 2008. And the only, and as a kid, I remember the main dish I would always remember at every wedding was shark fin soup. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to do that just out of tradition. Yes, right? you did. And it was probably so one of So if anyone th- is coming to cancel, cancel Leia. <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> She'll I poop st- in your bed. <laughs> now I'm Amber Heard. <laughs> Correct. And so the people who were so outraged they wouldn't even eat it. I'm pretty sure my brother was like, "Can I have that?" <laughs> that was the joke I was coming for. Is that all the Asians converged on the soup that the white people wouldn't eat? Shark fin is really delightful, though. People will be like, "Oh, there's no flavor." It's like it's it's subtle, okay, but it's also about the texture. Thank you. By the way, <laughs> that is the uh, the aggressive tone that a Chinese person will tell you when their traditional dish isn't that flavorful <laughs> it's subtle it's subtle and it's all about the texture yeah literally that line jellyfish no jellyfish is flavorful because of what it's sauced with yes yes well it, and it is definitely texture though i agree on that yeah. one mm-hmm. it, it looks like a squiggly little noodle but it's crunchy i know and do you know how many people lied to members of your family at our wedding? They called them noodles. Telling them it was noodles. Yeah, and they all ate it. only after the fact when they told it was jellyfish. <laughs> Lol, it's jellyfish. And what's terrible about that is I was very clear mm-hmm. on, on like every table setting, there was a menu mm-hmm. that detailed what was coming out in each course so that people who didn't want to eat something wouldn't eat it. And they were probably removed from the tables and put on the ground. Like these these luminaries. Of they that. had little lights in them to illuminate all four sides so that yes. everyone can read it no matter where they're sitting. You and your dad built these luminaries. With a staple gun, a bunch of paint, and wood. Yes. Yeah. On the ground. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, so that your family would eat jellyfish. That, that's, yep. yep. That's the only reason I can think it's good all right well (laughs) bryson continues when it comes to buffets my family is similar to your dad if you can get it at home you don't eat it at the buffet truth the whole extended family went out to dinner once at a chinese buffet i'm talking cousins and everyone and there was crab we each had at least two plates of crab and suddenly there was no more in the warmer no one really thought much of it And we just continued to eat other food. As we were leaving, though, I noticed they started to restock the crab in the warmer. I guess they didn't appreciate us all eating the crab. Bryson, at that point, did your whole family turn back around? (laughs) Take your jackets back off. (laughs) Get more flicks. Gotcha. Sit back down. (laughs) That would have been the right move. Mm -hmm. Because... You haven't buffeted correctly until the buffet. Until you're juking out the the, the the buffet people. You have to have the buffet owner question all of his life decisions or her life decisions, right? There in um in the Garden Grove area, there's a buffet called Lux Buffet, mm-hmm. and they have lobsters. What? <laughs> 
And then we found out that in actuality, Lux Buffet, I think, is a part of, um, if anybody doesn't know, there's a program called EB5, which basically allows wealthy immigrants to buy their way into the country. Mm-hmm. They, with EB5 funding, if you put in, it's either somewhere between half a million for under, like, developing economic areas of the country to a million for non uh, economically challenged areas. But if uh, an immigrant from another country mm-hmm. invests that money into a business that can guarantee it will employ X number of people. Oh, interesting. For however many number of years, they basically get to come to the country. <laughs> that is literally pay to play. Like that is literally pay to get your butt into the country but also stimulating the u.s so that's literally paying for lobsters is what you're saying Mm -hmm. oh we gotta go to this place then i guess it's it's, uh immigration lobster (laughs) the lobsters were also immigrants immigrants (laughs) yes (laughs) they didn't pay to come though Mm -mm. yeah Mm -mm. their their ride was free (laughs) yep Bryson continues. How many times is Bryson going to (laughs) continue? Now to bring it back to ham radio. Oh, okay. I picked up a G90 and made it uh, made a go box for Poda. Previously, I used an FT891 mounted in my car and have made tons of contacts with that, even at 10 watts. When I finally took the G90 out this week, I was having trouble making contacts. I'm not sure if it was a bad day for propagation, if no one is hearing me with the 20 watts, or if I just got used to the DNR on the FT891 and have trouble picking up the signals in the noise. Would the antenna I use make a difference on reception? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I have a vertical on my car, but I was using an NFED half wave and an inverted V with the G90. I'm thinking I just need to go out and get used to using the G90, but also wouldn't mind hearing your thoughts. I mean, it's all about the antenna. So it's got to be placement. (laughs) Move that thing around a little bit. Get it higher. Get it higher. Yeah, get get it higher. Get a crank tower for your car. (laughs) And then drive under an overpass <laughs> drives to the top of the highest point in your city mm-hmm. <laughs> and there you are as a side note i had a co-worker who was really into snakes and she once told me that if you're bit by a rattlesnake and it doesn't burn don't bother going to the doctor because there isn't any venom do with that information what you will, but I think that if I was ever bitten by any snake, I'm promptly making my way to the ER. No one <laughs> listening to this podcast do anything what that person said. Listen, coworker, I think your coworker is trying to kill you. I just and uh, Bryson and you're... for future reference to anyone emailing us. <laughs> Don't send us your like home <laughs> remedies for for major issues. Like well, Bryson that. said he would go to the ER, but he was referencing something a coworker said. And Bryson, I want you to start testing any food you leave around this coworker. <laughs> Just you know, like make sure that you're roofie testing your drinks if you leave them uncovered around this person, <laughs> because I think she might have a plot to kill you with a snake. I, that's, 
she's like the the significant other of like Cobra Commander. You should check her for like a forked tongue. Or or is it uh suddenly there's Serpentor a, is what I meant. A, a snake loose at your work and it's bitten you and she's telling you it doesn't burn, right? You don't have to go anywhere. Just relax. <laughs> Just lay down. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Wherever the snake bit you, elevate that over your heart. <laughs> Bryce and I don't trust this coworker. Yeah, I don't like Save this. Yourself. I don't like this at all. Yeah. This is not good. Bryson signs off. Thanks for another great podcast. All the antenna talk has me thinking about another portable antenna for POTA. 73's Bryson N7 HNL. And there's a quote. We're all a little broken, but that's okay. Tacos break all the time and everyone loves them. <laughs> Random image I saw online. That's like Tex-Mex tacos. That's. <laughs> I don't know that everybody likes Tex-Mex tacos. Hard shell tacos. It's taco night. White people taco night. <laughs> we got the taco shells, the grocery store. <laughs> uh, it, it do be like that, though. <laughs> White people taco night is hard shell taco night. Like, Thank you so much, Bryce. Old El Paso taco shells in vacuum sealed bags that have been sitting on the shelf for like three weeks. But oh, this is just so fresh. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Thank you, Bryson. That was literally how we had to. My mom had a frying pan that she would take I... regular tortillas and fry them hard. And then we put the ground beef in them. <laughs> oh, she at least made her own hard shells. She did. Yeah, she did that. Yeah. yeah. That's well done. Yeah. So stop knocking your mom's cooking. She had a special pan that was just devoted to this. That was Ooh. its only function. It was perfectly the width of one shell, like one tortilla. Nice. No oil waste. I mean, she didn't reuse Go the same Mama oil. Go Mama Nass. Yeah, she didn't Good. do the same oil, but you know. Uh, Bryson, tell us how uh, your G90 experience goes after getting your antenna higher. Tell us how okay. the G90 do. Yeah, exactly. The next email is from podcast co-producer, the volunteer variety, <laughs> Nate. Nate. It's titled NEQP and Population to Joesh and Lena. The last Saturday <laughs> okay. and Sunday... I participated in the New England CUSO party. I was able to get about half of the 67 counties of New England and something wow. like 18 to 20 states. Often I'm There's not, a lot of them up there. Yeah. <laughs> Often I'm not able to get a medium distance station such as other counties in Vermont, but this weekend I got many of the 14 counties of Vermont. I was very happy. Congratulations. Congratulations. An interesting fact is Cerritos has a larger population than 10 of our 14 counties. Cerritos has a population of about 50,000 people. Mm. Not combined, but on an individual one-on-one -on -one comparison. One county, Franklin County, has about the same population as Cerritos. It is 692 miles. Cerritos is 8.86 miles. I don't know if I could take that population density, Country boy, not sorry. Our houses in Cerritos are very close together. They are. It's true. It's, uh, it's very dense. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, imagine this, though. One of the most, if not the most, diverse population of in a in a suburban city. Mm-hmm. I think actually we had been awarded that at one point by the most venerable BuzzFeed. And <laughs> wow, that's you know that's gonna stick. So imagine, mm-hmm. okay, super diverse. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then totally amped up on education. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Everyone, as you can imagine, many of the diverse cultures are Asian. <laughs> so, one of the reasons that Cerritos went from like this sleepy dairy farm—it was literally more cows than people—and then for a very long time, plane crash. Then a plane crashed, and everybody watched the plane crash and thought, "That's where I want to live." Because. That can't happen again. <laughs> I don't know. Is that was that? literally what your parents told me. <laughs> That's probably the safest city. <laughs> it's not going to happen again. <laughs> they won't let that happen again. And so we bought our house. I don't know who very, they is. Very close to the crash site. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Walkable from our I house. I can walk to it. <laughs> yes. And, and you know the houses because, because they're very big. Yes. That replaced what was taken out. Right. Huge houses. Because it's a ton of suburban track homes in Cerritos. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, and, and I think we've mentioned before that the residential streets are actually named after children of the developer. Yes, yes, yes. So when we go, like our kids are obviously in a lot of activities because Tiger Mom, mm-hmm. right? It's all the same groups of parents. <laughs> we go. I went to Cub Scouts today, saw a ton of parents I already know. Right. Chinese school, tons of parents that I also saw at Cub Scouts. I go to golf. Some more parents I've either seen at Cub Scouts or golf. It's very intense parenting. Yeah. Very (laughs) proactive parenting. And everybody's like, so uh, what are you kids doing this summer? (laughs) And that's... So even though I... uh, Cerritos is probably like a middle to upper middle class city. Yeah. Right. And it, instead of people spending like just massive amounts of money on big houses or anything like that, everybody's just pouring it in to children's to education, children education. Yeah. and activities. Just that's the flex. OK, mm-hmm. people don't care where you're going for vacation. Which program did you get your kid into? You know what you should do? Like, actually, um, Ben's going to be very busy this summer. He's actually we're, we're running a class. <laughs> no it's more like oh what what is your kid doing oh um the whitney also one of the best high schools in the nation is in cerritos and you mm-hmm. have to really actually live in cerritos to test in unless you do like a school of choice transfer i was gonna say that's a pretty intense like the fact that it can be like number one in the nation mm-hmm. but it's only fielded from people that live in the city that's right. pretty intense. Uh, mm, I guess they're not number one this year, but for sure number one in the state. I thought it just came out. Like, well, number, number one, one in the state, state for, sure. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, you know, Ben's doing the Whitney, which is that best school performing. The, the, we're doing per- the Whitney. The performing arts program, mm-hmm. because the first year you can even use the summer program as second grade. 
right? And then it's it's either. But then oh. you have to test in. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, they're out of spots. I'm like, yeah, they are. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> And that's what this is on so many different programs. If you don't get in there the day that things open, like Edison's going to a um, a summer uh, camp called Camp Shark, right? And the organization that runs Camp Shark was so inundated with calls. They were supposed to open their registration on one day. They opened it a day early. And people lost their minds. I'm pretty sure at one point the site crashed. Okay. Oh my god. And then it turned out on the back end they hadn't updated the pricing. <laughs> so everybody who had registered the first half of the day, which was like a lot of the registrations, mm-hmm. registered with the wrong dollar amount. <laughs> so they had to call us all back and ask us to pay more. And you're like, no, I locked in. <laughs> I thought that was my early registration discount. <laughs> Oh my I can pay in cash. Summers are so expensive. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's the best. Yeah. I did not have anything like this growing up. Of course not. Of course not. Wow. You're getting very, and- <laughs> you're like leaning forward and getting very aggressive. And how many members of your family's like generation, like mm-hmm. your generation and your family mm-hmm. ended up going to college? <laughs> This is what it takes now. Excuse me. Every child in my family are engineers. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. Here's the thing, though. They're so for doing people that away... don't remember, my sister is the engineer on the, the train at Disney. It's a proper train. She's actually proper trained. She is an engineer. And I actually by no means believe that to have a successful wow, career. you are being really... <laughs> Do you mean, mean to that? my sister? <laughs> no. <laughs> Way to pull a full amber on this one. But if you... Way to go full amber. <laughs> so now our most hated couple on on this podcast is Elon Musk and Amber Heard. <laughs> yes, the elongated muskrat <laughs> and poops your bed. <laughs> but they're doing away with the requirement for the SATs and the ACTs. And it has everyone in a panic. <laughs> Just like, if you don't have standardized testing to ensure that you get into college. It was it was a really interesting day in Cerritos when that happened. Normally, <laughs> the background noise is uh, the 91 freeway. Yeah. But it, that night, it was just random people screaming <laughs> into the ether as they as they read on their their trusted news source about the the removal of SATs from many colleges. And but the, but everybody's like you can still take them. Yeah, you, that, that's the crazy <laughs> part is that they're still going to go. Like that's the thing. Like oh, that's you're just still taking them. And, and I bet you colleges are like they're not like on paper saying that they're not considering it, but I know they have to. They're looking at it and like oh that shows gumption. <laughs> Show How me, are you going to ignore? Show me the extra curriculums. But that's, curriculars, that's, that's now everybody's super paranoid. Like, what level do I have to start a nonprofit to get into college? <laughs> what do we have to do? <laughs> <laughs> My child gave a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know that the new benchmark is not, it used to be AP tests. When we were in school, right. it was, you took your full course. Well, I can't say tests. right. I don't know. And I came into college mm-hmm. at 17 as a sophomore. Yeah. I, Leia, okay. Leia, I, we but, know that like you graduate, like what, how old were you when you graduated college? Uh, I don't even think I was 21 yet. That's why all these uh, movies where they're 21 year olds drinking at their grad. It's like, what? (laughs) What is this? But crazy. What what you're like actually seeing now is that the new benchmark is not AP testing. Mm -hmm. It is graduating concurrently with your high school diploma and associate's degree. Shut. Yes. Uh, there are dual, they're like night schooling it dual enrollment programs at the high schools where you are concurrently taking high school classes and all your undergrads. So you walk out of high school with an like a, with an associates. Yes, that is Bonkers. insane. Yes, how difficult are these classes? I mean, I don't know, but. They're supposed to is be this college. a scam? Are they actually like college level classes? Well, my cousin graduated with which cousin? Kim, who oh, okay. got into Stanford. Yeah, okay. And she's graduating this year in Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, but they run concurrent programs right now. They started in the past couple of years. Wow. So there are crazy. students graduating this year that are going to hopefully go to their dream colleges. Graduating, they walk out just doing surgeries in the parking lot with their <laughs> their PhDs. What the heck is that? Like the the intensity, like that's the crazy thing about human nature is that like the intensity only ramps up, and then it has to break down. Like there's no like we hit a a point, mm-hmm. and then we're just all gonna reflexively like relax. It, it always, Never. human nature always pushes it to the breaking point and then pushes past mm, it. This is a very American thing you're saying, though. I, so it depends. There are plenty of places. No, 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 no. It depends on what you're talking about. The level of intensity, like human nature, again, let me be really clear. Wherever human nature, like the the, the root of human nature, find the boundary break past the boundary and keep going. And the only thing that will stop you is like the inevitable crash that must occur at some point because it just becomes unsustainable, right? Americans definitely do it in very specific areas, but other countries have their own level of intensity, like their own legit levels of intensity like that are whole special year, A whole to year them. of maternity leave. That's... <laughs> the intensity of, of, of that. Leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the intensity of Italians and not having milk coffee after 11. Yes. The intensity of leaving your child in a pram in the cold. <laughs> that's, Jeez. That's, Shots fired. That's something to strengthen immune systems, I've been told. I don't know. We don't have cold here. That's pretty intense. So if you leave a kid in Wait, a pram Do you remember here, the swinging baby thing where they like swing the babies? Was it like a Scandinavian country thing where they swing the babies around like it's a... Like it's a kettlebell? I think that's actually a First Nations thing. What's a First Nation? What do you mean? Uh, Native Americans. First Nations. I think also Scandinavian people do Mm. that too. But here in California, if you left your child unattended in 
uh, uh, I don't know, like a bugaboo, uh, <laughs> which is <laughs> a very expensive stroller. <laughs> yes. Uh, CPS immediately. <laughs> Just <laughs> immediately go to jail. You you would come out with your coffee, I guess, <laughs> or s- smoothie, I, <laughs> whatever you decided to leave them outside for. <laughs> and his restitution to the child, free AP credits. Never, never free AP credits. <laughs> no handouts here. <laughs> anyway, all this to say that you don't need to go to college to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, a, how are we going to reel this one back in, Leah? And what we're seeing happening at the school district level is now them beefing back up like vocational type school. The ROP. Because back in business. There are there are so many high paying jobs now that require more like certificate based or work based experience. Mm-hmm. Like proper trades. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that all the way to like computer programming. Right. You don't actually need a degree in computer programming anymore. You go yes, and get your certification. Hap- By the way, that is happening in my job, which has traditionally been like, if you don't have a bachelor's degree, don't even knock on the door. Mm-hmm. And it's even it, it's even goes a step further. Like it's got to be one like a hard engineering, like a double E mm-hmm. mechanical to a point specific programs that actually can use that CS degrees, that computer science, for those that don't know, um, like you don't even don't even talk to us but now it's actually like if you come with like a portfolio like Mm -hmm. if you have a github that's actually a working place like if you have people that are actually downloading your code and using it Mm -hmm. that shows more to me as a hiring manager than your cs degree where you have like no practical experience or projects or anything like that like i would rather talk to somebody with a really good github like a usable base of of you like real like working through the process of designing code implementing code working through a release schedule fixing bugs having a back and forth with end users like that's huge i'd much rather hire those people right particularly entry level for sure so it's wild i i think we're we're gonna see like this back off of college which is gonna throw our fifty thousand. Uh, Again, community. I already hear people in Cerrito screaming, <laughs> like when Alderaan was exploded about, about vocational schools. <laughs> you mean you could develop software without a degree? <laughs> Who gave these children's raspberry pies? Google will hire you with just a certificate. You could work at the Googs. You could, you could take your talk. You could there. be a Googler. <laughs> The Googler. Uh, so uh, okay, let's let's that's, go. That's uh, let's go. It's a byproduct of living very close together. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about that the other day, though. I don't want to detract from this further, but I was thinking to myself: there are many people who listen to our podcast and live across this this great country, where they can walk out of their door and maybe walk like a mile in one direction, and they're in the proper wilderness, right? Not even a mile. Like, I can't get on a bike and ride for, like, half the day before I get to the wilderness. Right. That doesn't exist. You get to the beach. I can get to... I can start (laughs) swimming. (laughs) At some point, it gets pretty wild. There's no... There's nowhere you can go to... Like, we have, like... Well, Trabuco Canyon, you could do Trabuco But that's not, like, proper wilderness. At some point, you come out the other side of it, and it's more suburbs. Like it's it's completely surrounded. 
you have to get up into like the San Gabriels and get like into the the LA forest and the San Gabriel National Forest and all that stuff to to get like in the wilderness. Right. Right. Like even our Nate like our little wilderness parks, they're just fully surrounded by suburbs. Mm -hmm. Like it's you can still hear the faint sound of cars. Like as you you're can't doing get. A hike. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, you can't get out of the suburbs where we live. Like it is it is unescapable. Oh yeah, it's just suburban sprawl. It's it's gnarly. Our rivers are now So I understand ways. to go back to, was it Nate? or yes, who, Nate. Like, to go back Country to, boy. To go back to Nate's comments, like, I, I appreciate that, actually, what he's saying. I, I think that's great. At some point, maybe I'll be there. Maybe. Okay. Leia, Leia smirks as she, as, as I say that. Uh, we might. <laughs> now she's making a face like she's dying inside. No. <laughs> I actually do yearn for that. I, I do. You yearn. You don't yearn. I do. I'd like to have a homestead and... Somewhere you can go on the weekend, maybe. And like have a beautiful garden and livestock and just live off the land. But where I, would the kids go to school? Yeah. That's <laughs> How will they get the AP credits? How will they graduate with associate's degrees and or functional vocational I skills? I can guarantee you there are people listening to this podcast and your whole little whatever how long that was that we were talking that Dumb think founded. you are an alien. Like they're like is, a, someone from a different world. I'm not even close to being one of the most intense moms in this community. Like, And that is what every one of those aliens would tell you. <laughs> To make people think that they're one of us. Our kids aren't even in organized sports. Oh, that's a whole nother. That game. is. No, that is a good, that is a good comparable, like, like Texas in football. The level oh, of intensity yes. is, is probably at that level. But for academics, because most of our high schools don't even have football. I graduated from And if you carry your ACL, you can still pass a test. I mean... I guess. <laughs> I'm kidding again. But okay. I went to both a high school and a college that didn't have a football team. Right. And, and not a field. You didn't even have your own field. Yeah. Our, a lot of the city planning in suburban areas, uh, what they end up doing is uh, a dual build. So they'll build a city park mm -hmm. that backs up to a school so that the school can then use the city park as part of its facilities. So for my high school... Is that why CPE yes. butts up to Whitney? Yes. Ah, okay. So I was like, that's a nice little track and field thing they got there. When the Olympics were in LA, the Olympic-sized pool that they used for practice and other things was the Cerritos CPE Olympic pool. And that's uh, Cerritos Park East. Right. And so our swim team got to practice every day in an Olympic-sized pool. We also have, like, had the full-blown, um, what is it, tennis courts. I mean, it's a good pool. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, water polo would be sweet in that pool. The diving boards are insane yeah. in that pool. They yeah. are scary. Yeah, they're very high. Yeah, that's true. Okay, okay. We're mo we got to okay. move on. Well, that's a that's a look into our community there, Nate. <laughs> there you go. A little local, local color for you. <laughs> Nate continues, I hope to be able to activate <laughs> some parks in Massachusetts this coming week as I go see family. Everybody, look out for K1MAZ on poda.app. 
Keeping it short so we can all get some sleep. 73's K1 <laughs> MAZ Nathan. Latest survey shows that three out of four people make up 75% of the world's population. <laughs> Anonymous. Good. I love living in Los Angeles. William Shatner. <laughs> Secretly, I think everyone who makes fun of California really does want to be in California. Uh, Zoe Deschanel. I don't. I don't think that at all. I don't think that I think at there, all. You could not. There are people who you could not pay no. to live and, in California. But I mean, that's. Anybody who anybody who speaks so highly of where they live, aside from that humorous guy on TikTok that's like California or die, like, okay. which I think is funny, but I get it. Like I'm not I'm not trying to sell you though. Like California I get nothing. Forever and goodbye. I get nothing out of anyone moving to California or moving away from California. I don't care. And if you want to go somewhere, great. Do, I, live your best life. That's I think all I can are... for fully aware of the massive issues california has oh completely and and, and it's generally stems from thing. politics and economics and i can like for every community i could probably see myself living there because every like state every region of the country mm-hmm. has certain things that california just does sure. not have there is nowhere i go in our great nation that i can't think to myself there are things I really like about this that would allow me to live here. Yeah. And there's some things I don't really like about it. Right. And part of the reason why I live in California Usually is... Usually weather. Apathy. <laughs> uh, and, and convenience. I mean, when when you literally have your roots of family upon family generations, mm-hmm. like in one state, the state is going to change around you. You can't help that. Right. California just happens to be going away. I don't really like. I know you don't really like the way it's going. But we're here. Our mm-hmm. family's here. Mm-hmm. Gener- again, generational generations of family, on my side for sure, is yes. here. Right? And then your family is just densely packed. Right. Right? So it's, it's really difficult to like, okay, see you all later. Think of like, and by the way, this is for every, <laughs> for everybody listening, um, if you are an engineer, hear me out on this, because this is literally for you. It's really easy to move jobs as an engineer between states and get way more money. Mm-hmm. But if you have a family in particular, that money that went up really just goes back down because you have to pay for all the things that your family was doing for you. Yes. Like the extended family system, like if you were depending on that when you were in where you lived normally and got paid less, mm-hmm. you have to factor that in. When you move to this new place with no support net. It's true. Right. Yeah. That's huge. If, if you're a single guy or, or single lady or single, you Do know, Put down whatever your, your, um, your pronouns are, go ahead, go nuts. But like there is costs associated with raising a family right. somewhere. You really have to think about it. And this is uh, something for all of those sports families out there, the people who are like, uh, I don't care about the academics of sports. California students get probably the most scholarships to do sports in other parts of the country because oftentimes for very specific sports. We got no winter. Exactly. So our athletes, our student athletes anyway, have two to three times the amount of playing experience. Whereas like other parts of the country, you get your fields get snowed out. Mm -hmm. 
our athletes are playing year round that sport. Isn't, isn't that why like girls softball, softball, the primary players are out of California and like Hawaii? Yes. Yeah. It's Absolutely. because of that. It's, they never stop playing. There, there is no end to their season. They finish one season and then it's like, oh. Travel ball. New season. <laughs> Travel ball time. Yeah, exactly. We're actually gearing up for the next season right now. <laughs> and then they act, they end up building their um, high school teams, right? I'm sure this is very similar in the rest of the country too. Uh, but they start recruiting and building their teams and cherry picking the kids that they see are good. Um, from the time that they're six yeah, it's crazy. all the way into like they have a dream team they want to build that's going to win championships you know 10 years later that's insane yeah it's, it's so crazy so we just got done talking about academic intensity and now we just hit sports intensity like that's literally the same level again where was i going with the human nature of like maximum intensity never stop it until you hit like a crashing point yeah i mean my sister <coughs> had played softball from when she was six mm -hmm. and then all the scholarships she was offered she was like i'm not playing softball That's in college crazy. turned down the worst way to play that so game. much money the like so much money <sighs> just oh this this scholarships by the way are like the best paid college job you can yeah, get in sports like you know because you can it's like getting dealt pocket aces and carrying that all the way to the river and it's just a full boat on the table and you're like nah i'll fold <laughs> <laughs> like, bro there is no college job that will pay you more <sighs> than a, a sports scholarship really mm -hmm. so but well this definitely turned into care. parenting podcast here yeah <laughs> thanks nate i don't even know how you did this but well, you're to blame. <laughs> Nate says, to be clear, I'm not going to Hamvention. So, Josh, I know I surprised you at Hamcation, but don't expect a repeat performance. I, this is all this is all a, a facade. What? He's going to show up, tap me on the shoulder. <laughs> what you can expect is more songs. Someone mentioned Hamvention karaoke. So if you want my lyrics, people can find my email at QRZ. I don't expect any emails since real karaoke songs are better still. <laughs> okay. And now it's time. It's the final email. Okay. And this is also a reprise. <laughs> from volunteer podcast co-producer nate boo josh i really hope you have a great time at hamvention and look forward to any possible live streaming and videos it is a treasure to have you as a correspondent for those of us not able to attend themselves i will do the best i can there is rumors rumors that um the cell phone structure out there <coughs> is not commensurate to live streaming all so right. we'll see. Otherwise, I'll make lots of recordings and um, we'll we'll post them up after the fact. And maybe by the time we get to uh, Huntsville, I'll have all of them released. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to take every opportunity to thank those that do so much and ask for so little in return. Leia, thank you for supporting him in this and grounding mm, him when he needs it. The last sentence was not meant as a joke as I typed it, but the joke writes itself. Without you, Leia, I fear Josh may have become a ham radio hermit. 
I know this isn't true, but sometimes it looks that way when we get crazy hair and beard Josh. Bye. Da der K1 MAZ. Yeah. Probably. You do let your beard get super crazy sometimes, though. Yeah, I do. Looking like a Jason Momoa. <laughs> Why? I, that's what I reference as homeless. Oh, okay, okay, got it. <laughs> not, I mean, not the Jason Momoa that looks like... The Irish Jason no. Momoa. <laughs> I was going to say, not the Jason Momoa that looks like Mike Glover. Right. That's a more clean shaven. The the yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's a, it's a that's right. Uh, on the the pantheon of Jason Momoa is, is Mike Glover on the 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 upstanding good-looking midwestern yes. decked out gentleman and on the other side homelessness. White Irish Josh oh. with crazy beard. And Jason Momoa is right in the middle and we vacillate back and forth among the scale. Very good. The Jason yes. Momoa scale. The the Jason Momoa scale. <laughs> it's horrible. All right. Leia, would you like to take a test? <laughs> Go. The first question is a question that I've already seen before. I'm oh, uh, you so it's are so late. Handbagging. That uh, which of the following effects can a geomagnetic storm have on radio propagation? A, degraded high-altitude HF propagation. B, improved high-latitude HF propagation. C, improved ground wave propagation. D, degraded ground wave propagation. And the answer is A, degraded high-latitude HF propagation. It's true. The, I'm just, I, I got to skip over some of these because it's. Because I 100% have seen these all before. Because <laughs> it's ham study. It's just testing to make sure I remember. Did you remember? Before it Did you remember Barry's, this one? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is... <laughs> I see. I'm not trying to, to sandbag this. Okay. Right? So... Uh, on what HF frequencies are automatically controlled uh, beacons permitted? Mm -hmm. A, on any frequency if transmissions are in Morse code. B, 28.2 megahertz to 28.3 megahertz. C, on any frequency if power is less than one watt. Or D, 21.08 megahertz to 21.09 megahertz. And, uh... Mm -hmm. I guessed on any frequency if transmissions are Morse code. <laughs> Wrong. Morse, CW is just a pass for everything. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Oh, that, it's CW. Let it through. <laughs> it's it's all good. That's, nope, that's not the right answer. It, it's the the peak. It's the peak of ham radio. Right. You just got to let it through. There's no certificates. Okay, it's yeah. just being the best it's just power it's just the best yeah. just being the best the answer is actually b 28.2 megahertz to 28.30 megahertz mm -hmm. there is no hint you just have to remember it it's 10 meters it's 10 meters great so is that literally what the hint said it says 
Of the frequency ranges listed in the FCC rule, only 28.20 to 28.30 megahertz is considered to be HF. It is in the 10 meter amateur band. Uh, just remember 28 megahertz is 10 meters. 10 megahertz. 10 meters 10 is where the. 10 meter hertz. 10 meter hertz is where the beacons are. What is the maximum symbol rate permitted for RIDI or data transmissions on the 20 meter band? A, 1200 baud. B, 56 kilobaud, C, 19.6 kilobaud, or D, 300 baud. I don't know, 1200 baud? No, it's 300 baud. 300 baud, really? I thought it was 1200. That's well, what I was you don't myself. know, how would I know? I don't remember. RIDI, or data transmissions, oh, are limited to a maximum symbol rate of 200 baud on the 20-meter band to limit the amount of bandwidth used. There is a table. Yeah, it was the RIDI part that I wasn't focusing on. So on 160 meters to 12 meters, uh, the limit is 300 baud. On 10 meters, it's 1,200 baud. Oh, yeah. On 6 meters and 2 meters, it's 19.6 kilobaud. On 1.25 meters and 70 centimeters, it's 56 kilobaud. And 33 centimeters to smaller, no limit. No no limit on no the hands. Limit. No limit, soldier. There's no limit on the hands. That's, <laughs> That's another one of my memes. It's like a... Uh, supermarket mm -hmm. like a chill chest yeah there's a picture somebody's taking mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of frozen hams in the chill chest and it's one of those sliding doors you know the, mm -hmm. the glass sliding doors and there's a just a piece of paper that's slapped on the top that says there's no limit on the hams <laughs> the next question reads which of the following statements is true of the single sideband voice mode a only one sideband and the carrier are transmitted the other oh side yes band you've definitely suppressed. seen this. B, SSB is the only voice mode that is authorized on 20 meters, 15 meter, and 10 meter amateur bands. C, only one sideband is transmitted. The other sideband and carrier are suppressed. D, single sideband is the only voice mode that is authorized on 160 meter, 75 meter, and 40 meter amateur bands. And I'm selecting C, yes. which reads, only one sideband is transmitted. The other sideband and carrier are suppressed. She's remembering. <laughs> she's remembering. Or it's, she's learning. She's testing the fences. <laughs> what signal source is connected to the vertical input of an oscilloscope when checking the RF envelope pattern of a transmitted signal. You probably... No, you might have, have gotten this one no, before. No, I've never seen this before. Oh, okay. Yeah. If I have, I was drunk. And now I'm sober. Okay. So. A, the attenuated... So you want some drinks before you tackle this one? Or no. <laughs> what are you saying right now? There's... There's a study tip mm -hmm. that whatever be you're drunk. doing when you're studying, you need to be doing when you take the test. So if you are studying while eating Skittles, you need to be able to eat Skittles while taking the test. Or you can't. That's Where did this come from? It's a study tip. From who? It comes from my many years of studying study tips. Studying study tips. Yes. That's how far we've gone. Yes. Also, osmosis hole. doesn't work. No. Yeah. I tried and, to do that for my lines in a play once. Didn't work. And it turns out that one of the things I used to do is I would, uh, before there were like audiobooks, mm -hmm. I would take a chapter of something I was going to be tested on and I would record myself reading it. 
And then I would just play it back on a loop as I was sleeping in hopes that it would (laughs) permeate my subconscious. That doesn't work. The reading it out loud is what does it. Yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah okay. There's still a positive benefit somewhere in there. Yeah. But in reality, the more effective way is to always make outlines. That's it. You outline whatever chapter you're trying to study because then you have to boil it down to notes. Mm-hmm. And you write the notes as though you have to teach the material to somebody else. I found that hosting a live stream does that. Mm. Mm-hmm. For about 300, 400, 500 people. Because you do that uh, with slideshows, which are essentially... Or just off your head. Like inefficient outlines. (laughs) Just on this page, I will write... Welcome to engineering in the the 21st century. (laughs) Engineering by PowerPoint. Can you make slides, son? (laughs) Would you like to be a systems engineer? Have you seen my deck? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, what now? (laughs) All right. Keep your deck in your pants, son. A, A, the attenuated RF output of the transmitter. B, the local oscillator of the transmitter. C, the transmitter balanced mixer output. We've definitely seen this. An external RF oscillator. Uh, A, the attenuated RF output of the transmitter. And that is correct. It was. you, You have seen that. Oh, really? Then I just. I think absorbed it i think you're two right now you've got two correct you're carrying memory tip output is in the answer that corresponds to the input in the question mm. there you go wow <laughs> which circuit is used to combine signals from the carrier oscillator and speech amplifier then send the result to the filter in some single sideband phone transmitters a, detector, B, balanced modulator, C, IF amplifier, or D, discriminator. You've seen this one, too. I have, because I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it an IF amplifier? No, it's a balanced modulator. modulator. I think you, I mean, you were two, right? And then you got the last one right, so that was three wasn't it? I'll take it. Go on to the show topic. Okay. I think... (laughs) Nobody write in about this. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody fact check us. So we've got a bit of an update. And I think I've talked about beginners workbench and ham radio tools in the past. Mm -hmm. I know I've talked about it on the live stream because I was showing tools and all that stuff. But I've, I've got some changes to it. And I thought I'd go through some of my thoughts. And these are both recommendations for you as a new ham potentially because ham radio can be just you know plug in the radio use the radio turn the radio off and get about your day but oftentimes there's tools associated with it as you start to do things on your own and there might be things you want to as you learn more about radio dive in a little bit deeper in the doing you know kit building uh, building an antenna you know all that fun stuff so I thought I would I would revise my list of recommended workbench items and potential tools that you might want to buy. Workbench tools. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there will be a link in the show notes to my Amazon store on tools if you want to check it out. It would uh, support the podcast, but hey, no big deal either way. Think of it as a concise list of where you can find the stuff. And then you can find a cheaper price if you want to. 
All right, so assorted hand tools are kind of the, the starting point here, not necessarily because they're the most important thing, but they're also non-electronic. They're just kind of a, you know, a tool, right? So I generally like precision screwdriver sets. You can find many different ones online. Ooh. Having a precision screwdriver, and when I'm talking about precision generally, is one where the top bit swivels around that you can put your pointer finger on top of, and then you can spin your other fingers and your thumb underneath it to pull screws out or, or fasten screws down. The iFixit kits that exist out there for cell phone repair, electronics work, stuff like that. Those iFixit kits are pretty okay for ham radio. You'll generally end up with way more bits than you need for ham radio, but the bits that are included are, are always generally of the right size that you would need. So value point there, you buy kind of one kit and it'll work for your electronics, it'll work for your ham radio stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Flush cutters are my second uh, item on this list. Again, this is not in any particular order. The good thing about flush cutters is they're very inexpensive. You can get them on Amazon for super cheap. Again, you don't have to, to pick out the ones I recommend, but these are literally the, the tools I use in my shack and have bought multiple copies of some of these tools in some cases. Flush cutters, though, in general, are, are pretty good on the regular. I use them for lots of things outside of ham radio kits, but uh, cutting open packaging, cutting zip ties, all that stuff. Flush cutters are great. Just keep in mind, sometimes considering the edge that's on some of them, if you give them too hard of a piece of metal, it will actually bend. The, it'll fold the, the blade over. So keep that in mind. Needle nose pliers, very important. I don't like the really long needle nose tips i like a bit shorter ones but also pretty fine links in the description again you can check those out tweezers lots of uses for tweezers tweezers when you drop a screw into the radio chassis and you can't get it with your fingers tweezers are there for that i like the ceramic tipped versions this is kind of uh, one of the new recommendations they're really really good when you work on radio kits because you can hold a part down without heating up the the parts where your finger bits are on that will burn you. Your finger bits. The ceramic will keep the heat off of there, which is pretty nice. So ceramic tip ones are pretty big for me. As I am getting older, I am now in a situation where I have to start thinking of magnification and those big, large magnifying lenses that are on the telescopic arms, the spring-loaded arms mm. that mount to the desk that are powered, kind of getting important to me so that that's the uh, the next item on there i've i've picked one of those up and i've i've been liking it when it comes to you know making a splice on wires or connecting uh, a piece of coax together generally though working with anything where you have you know multiple pieces that you have to kind of put together a third hand as they call it is pretty important particularly for what we're going to get to in a little bit which is soldering Third hands, though, take a couple of forms. It's like, you know, a couple of alligator clips that like hold two things together and then you can solder it or you can twist the wires together, whatever. As part of this, my favorite third hand is what I call a PCB vise. It's something that holds your kit project elevated from the tabletop, holds it firm, and then is rotatable. So you can apply the through hole pieces through the PCB holes 
you know, twist the leads together if you if you want to or fold them over. Flip the whole thing upside down and then solder the ends off. So PCB vices is like my favorite thing for kit building. There's there's two really big items, a good soldering iron, PCB vice. PCB vice are like great. Multimeters. This is where we start hitting actual electronics now at this point. Ooh. So everything we talked about now is non-powered stuff pretty much. Multimeters are, <laughs> it's such a fundamental tool, not just for amateur radio, but for just electronic stuff, dealing around the house, something's not working, why isn't it working? Your first tool you're probably going to go to is the multimeter. Huge points still have to go to the, you know, $7 to $10 red Harbor Freight multimeter. I've used that on so many of my videos. And part of the reason is that I use it is because it's the everyman multimeter. Everybody should own probably a couple of them. Throw them in your tool bags, in your car, in the workbench, absolutely. But if you want to step that up a little bit, the the recommended brands that I would check out is the EEV blog. Again, EEV mm. blog is a YouTuber, right? YouTuber extraordinaire, one of a fantastic channel. Uh, Leia bought me that multimeter. It has now become my favorite multimeter. I use I it did. on my on my personal stuff. That is the one I grab just because of what it can do. Absolutely love that thing. So check those out. Fluke is always just like a major player in the multimeter space. You can find them often um, cheap, used, and for those of you going to Hamvention, keep an eye out for fluke meters. They're generally really, really good. Even a used model is still probably going to work exactly as expected. If you are going to Hamvention and you're thinking about hitting up the flea market, make sure you you know pack a couple of batteries, maybe bring some test equipment, bring a multimeter, possibly even bring a battery and multiple different power leads that you can potentially power equipment where somebody selling it goes, oh, I don't have a battery. We can't test this, <laughs> right? So maybe think about that, but a multimeter should definitely be in your list. If you want a super high-speed, low-drag multimeter, check out Pokits. Pokits has a little circular multimeter. It's not the most convenient thing, but it Bluetooths into your phone, and then your phone becomes the screen of the multimeter. They're stupid expensive for what they do. They're like $100 but they're super lightweight, super tiny. They disappear into a pack if you need to pack that along with you. And it's generally a, a nice thing to have if you're packing light and you're going outdoors or you're maybe going to a ham fest or whatever, so keep that in mind. A kit item that I think every ham should have, and I'm gonna go so far as to say, if you're like an Elmer and you're Elmering somebody, buy them a Nano VNA. Or if you're listening to this and, and you're you're getting started in ham radio, get yourself a Nano VNA. They, the prices vary immensely, but you can generally get a good one for about $100. They have tons of capability in them. Obviously, there's the antenna tuning side of it, but among that, you can also do Smith charts. And Smith charts opens up a whole new world of actually understanding how an antenna works. And if you want to know more about that, I had Sterling, Sterling Mann, on one of my videos, and he kind of explained how Smith charts work. There are a ton of really good websites and videos out there on Smith charts. Mm -hmm. If anyone's curious of how that all goes versus um, the inductance and capacitance of an antenna and how to factor all that, and just looking to diagnose a you know an antenna or 
figure out what the antenna you built is doing, Nano VNA is the thing to do it. It's not necessarily something you'll get from an antenna analyzer that you buy from MFJ or um, rig experts, uh, not exactly the same because they actually can do Smith charts, but you generally have to output that to a phone or something along those lines. So Nano VNA is really good. If you want to upgrade to the larger screen, I would go for that. The thing to add to that is once you start going down this road, as far as your workbench goes, many, many, many coax adapters. Just think in your head of the type of connectors that you may come across in ham radio. There's generally three major ones, SMA, BNC, and then your UHF connector, sometimes called SO239 or PL239. So the way to think about these is if you can go from any one connector with any gender, male, female, right? Because SMA male, SMA female, BNC male, BNC female. If you can traverse any one of those connectors and be genderless, if you will, have the capability of all genders, that's the level of antenna adapters, coax adapters that you will likely have to deal with. And then if you factor in your most commonly used connectors, which for me is always SO239 to BNC mail. Those connectors, you should probably just go on Amazon and buy like five of them. Trust me, you'll probably use them. And then just stash them away in different kits or stash them into where your antenna connectors go. Just kind of have them all over the place, largely where your antennas are. And I've gone so far to, gen to take those um, adapters and connect them onto the coax that I'm going to use when I go in the field. And I just kind of leave them that way. And they, it generally works pretty well. I don't lose many adapters that way. Okay, so soldering irons. And soldering irons is kind of where I'm going to leave this. I am not necessarily a fan of any one iron, although I do like the Hako. That's the one you see most often on my live streams. But the one thing I would recommend is that whichever way you go with soldering irons is make sure that they are electronically controlled for temperature. That is probably the biggest thing that, that changed with my soldering from being a child into soldering as an adult is that I got myself a nice temperature controlled iron. Prices were going to vary across the board for this. And, and there are USB-C irons that exist out there that also take 12 volts um, that you can run off like a USB battery bank. But in, in general, the reason why you want an electrically controlled iron is that the temperature remains very consistent. And that's going to allow you to do precise and consistent solder jobs, particularly when building a kit. You're going to push the components through. You're going to solder a connection. That joint is going to be sound no matter how you approach it. And that's exactly what you want. You want repeatable and consistent results when soldering. The temperature could be higher or lower than what the kit may recommend. But if the end result is a good solder, it doesn't really matter. There are many, many different soldering irons out there that I would recommend. Weller is one brand. Hako is one brand. That's the one I use the most. And for those of you that are more budget-minded, Xtronic 
and it, it must be a good name because X is right in the front. Mm-hmm. Xtronic. That's how you know. That's how you know. Xtronic makes a couple of really well-priced irons. Uh, Joe Eisenberg really likes Xtronic. The cool thing about Xtronic is they have combo irons that can be both um, a, an iron and also like a hot air station. I recently picked up their hot air station that I used for my crazy true SDR build. Really, really good uh, hot air system. Anyway, Xtronic is is pretty inexpensive, and you get a really good iron out of it. But, okay, that's not the point. When you go down the soldering iron road, again, mentioning, reminding, you need controllable. You're going to get to a point where you kind of have to make a decision on the type of solder you like, and you only learn this from, from practicing and doing. Generally, solder is a split between 60 and 40, or 63 and 37. Mix with... And the percentage mixture is is literally 60% tin, 40% lead. And when you flip that over to 63% is 63% tin, 37% lead. Now, generally, people will say that the the difference between the two is the, the liquid state that the solder stays in for the moment before it becomes, like, solid, right? There are some that advocate the 6337 or sometimes 64, right? That's the other percentage mix. But but generally, you're going to know from like using it what you prefer. I've kind of always used 6040, and that's generally what I still use. That's not because I'm against the other. It's just that's kind of what I'm used to. So that's generally what I end up buying. Also, sometimes I'm kind of cheap, and I just buy whatever's at the, uh, at the ham fest I go to. So keep that in mind. The, the other things you need, just kind of accessories to go along with the soldering, is a scouring pad cleaner for the tip of your iron. I don't like the sponges. I don't like wetting a sponge to clean the tip off. I never really understood why that became a thing. I I literally have the, it's like an ashtray that has a scour bright pad shoved in it, one of those metal scour bright pads, and you just whack the tip into that thing a couple of times. Cleans it off really nice because you want to take that flux off of there that you pick up as you're soldering and all the other impurities that get on the tip. Just always make sure you have a, a cleaner. It's going to save you in the long run, and it'll, it'll protect the longevity of the tip. Solder suckers. Solder sucker is comes in a couple of forms. There's the really big blue one that has this really big plunger with, like, yellow parts on it with a yellow button and a yellow tip. I don't like that one. I like the one that's, like, silver or blue, and it's just 100% just, uh, like, a spring plunger with o-rings in it and you got to clean it out every once in a while you can take them apart they're generally really inexpensive i prefer that it's like one-handed you can do the whole thing yourself without the blue one you sometimes have to like push it onto your body to suppress it my hands just aren't that big so i always go with the the smaller one that i can work with just one hand and they seem to do fine and then along with that um, soldering wick Soldering wick is usually flat braid of like a copper type metal. I don't know if it's copper. It could just be copper clad. Solder wick is what you put in between the solder you want to remove and your iron. Your Mm -hmm. iron goes on top of the wick. The wick heats up to the temperature of the iron, and the wick sucks the solder away from the joint. The one piece of advice I'll give to everybody that's going down the road, because you're inevitably going to experience this, with desoldering. Maybe you soldered the diode on wrong. You weren't paying attention to the polarity. 
or you put the wrong resistor in the place that you put the resistor. Everybody is inevitably going to have to deal with desoldering. An important thing to remember with desoldering is use flux. So have a flux pen is what I like. Other people use liquid flux with a little brush that they painted on where they want. Hey, that's good too. When you go to desolder something, add more solder onto the joint that you're going to desolder. Sounds weird. That does sound weird. But the heat transfer of the whole thing, when you lay down the wick or you put down the solder sucker, it's often easier if there's a little bit bigger blob to suck the whole thing out. Seems to work better, generally. Try it out, though. Tell me I'm wrong. You can try it and, and test at that point. So these are just beginner items, right? Mm -hmm. If you were going down the rabbit hole of more expensive stuff, you start talking about a proper spectrum analyzer. You could get yourself a tiny SA, a tiny spectrum analyzer. Although they've got some bad reviews from YouTubers in the past, and they have plenty of uses. The, the primary use that you'd get out of like a tiny SA or a proper spectrum analyzer is your testing of the spurious emissions of a radio, like a Baofeng. It would show you the harmonics of where they're transmitting where they shouldn't be based off of their filtering. And, uh, you know, that's also a nice piece of kit to have, but it starts going a little bit beyond what you need to get started. And that's, you know, just my thoughts on a slightly improved list of items that I would recommend for somebody that wants to get started in uh, in ham radio. Going a little bit beyond just, you know, plugging the radio in, turning it on, and and having fun with it, which is still admirable. But some of us like to get a little nerdier with it and a little deeper and cracking the hood open <laughs> and breaking things and fixing stuff. And so that's what that's all about. So what do you think, Leah? All those tools? Sounds like a, a well-appointed workbench. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.